Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sills, welcome to the National Football Show. Appreciate everybody stepping in with us. I want to do it right out of the gate. We have an absolute power pack show this week. Today, rest of the week. Today at 3.30, we'll have Merrill Reese. He will join us. We'll talk some birds. 4.30 Eastern Time, Mike Golick will join us, and we'll talk some birds and 49ers. That's in the four o'clock hour. Till then, we invite you to come aboard with us. You know, it's funny. I was just talking to Tone about Jalen Hurts and how he continues to evolve as a quarterback. What are going to be the two common denominators on how we see him grow as a player? Durability and wins. Durability and wins. Okay. That's what's going to define Jalen. I don't, watch this. I don't think personally, I don't think Josh Allen's going to have a longer career than Jalen. I just told Tone that. Unless, unless he starts to harness some of the reckless football, my opinion, that guy in Buffalo is not going to last. He's, he's not going to last. He's going to have an Andrew Luck seven years where Jalen may play 10 years. He's just not. And, you know, and, and, and I said something to Tone also about, about Jalen versus Josh Allen. And by the way, I'm not flipping my boat on him. Those are all correctable things. I'd rather pull a talent off the ledge than push him to the ledge. Okay. But what Jalen does better, I was making an example of Hurts when he plays. If Jalen is running towards the sidelines and he sees he's not going to get positive yards, what will Hurts do? Jalen will throw the incomplete pass. He don't care. He doesn't care. Now, 95% of the quarterbacks, they'll take the loss. Jalen doesn't want minus plays. He's always thinking about moving the sticks. That's what makes him smarter. He gets down. 
when it comes to the slides. He knows how to slide. That's being an athlete. He's a pretty smart guy, man. And by the way, you know what's you know, you know crazy? Sometimes when you say that a guy is smart, that means he's not as athletic. I, I was, like I said, we were talking about Jalen Pryor, and I said, dude, Aaron Rodgers is more athletic than Tom Brady. But Tom Brady's a better quarterback. And to me, like Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, I think they're that same dynamic. Lamar's a better athlete. But Jalen's probably going to win more. Jalen's going to win more. He's not reckless with the ball. He despises turnovers. Okay? And I, I just think he's smarter. Like, Brady's smarter than Rodgers. Okay? Dual quarterbacks don't last, though. Jalen may break the glass ceiling on that. He may. Yet to be determined. Because no one else has. You don't build your team around dual threat quarterbacks until someone breaks that glass ceiling. Like Jalen's never going to lead the NFL in touchdown passes. He's not ever. He, 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 he's not, but he's going to lead the league potentially in win percentage. Okay. What's more important to you leading the NFL in touchdown passes or having the most wins. Okay. What's more important to you? Most wins or most touchdown passes? I'll tell you something. Like I said, they better write the ship in Buffalo because you're looking at the next Dan Marino. Guy's going to put a ton of stats up, but are you going to get there, kid? This is about getting, remember what I told you? Hey, look, I love the talent. I love Allen, and I'm not turning my back on him. But you've got to go into this offseason. You've got to fix some things. Can't be reckless with the ball. You can't have turnovers. And you got to be better in the second half in your play calling. Okay? Arthur, big sills, our saving grace. Is Brock Purdy going to be the next sacrificial lamb fulfilling the prophecy of Silla Philadelphia Super Bowl? Yes or no? Brock Purdy, let me tell you something there, Arthur. If you're sitting around hoping that he's going to turn into a pumpkin on Sunday, that's not a defense. That's wishful thinking. He hasn't. That's not a game plan. Well, he's going to revert back to being, he's going to revert back to being a rookie. Well, I'll tell you what, man. That's not, that's not a way to game plan a guy. Well, he'll he'll turn back into the pumpkin. I wouldn't count on that. I wouldn't count on that. By the way, look at Jalen beats Niners season was a success and deserves a contract. You haven't beaten the Niners yet, man. Garoppolo beat your ass last year. Let's see what you do this year. By the way, we're going to go down the line and we're going to look at roster for roster here with this. We're going to get to that here in a minute. Please hit the like button. How about my boy Carton ranking the final four quarterbacks and he has Brock Purdy ranked ahead of Jalen Hurts. Is he wrong? Where is it here? Here it is. Final four quarterbacks. This is Craig Carton. 
Mahomes one, Burrow two, Purdy three, Jalen Hurts four. Is he right? As I'll as a, a I'll use one of my one of my guys, Tone's words. Technically, Purdy's done more in the postseason. It's two and zero. Oh. Your boy's one and one. What a shit ball game. Let's see here. Hertz is one and one. Purdy's two and oh. Hold on here. I didn't think about this. Purdy's two and oh. Burrow's five and one. And Mahomes, shit, man. He's gotta be. He's gotta be ten and three. The guy with the least amount of success in the postseason is Jalen Hurts. How you doing? Brock Purdy hasn't played a defense as great as Philly. Hassan is going to eat. I don't know, man. What complete team have you played this year? If you're going to throw it at the Niners, what complete team have you played? You haven't played a team like San Francisco all year. Not one that has offense and defense. And by the way, since Christian McCaffrey, the 49ers are 12-1. and They've outplayed you in the last 13 games. Last 13 ball games, the Niners have been better than you. Last 13 games, think of that. The 49ers have been better than you. Well, (laughs) remember something. The NFC is driven by rosters. The AFC is driven by quarterbacks. That's the difference in the two conferences. The difference in the two conferences. I say the 49ers and the Eagles have the two best rosters in all the NFL. You don't have the better quarterbacks in the final four. That's by far not true. I mean, Burrow and Mahomes are by far better quarterbacks than the other two. Okay? Facts. Now, Jalen's making his resume. He's one and one. Purdy's two and oh. Wow. And everybody in Philadelphia is sitting around waiting for Brock Purdy to melt like the Wicked Witch of the West. That's that's not a defensive game plan. That's wishful thinking. That's wishful thinking. Yes, sir. Merrill Reese, bottom of the hour. Mike Golick at 430. Who has the best stallions? In the barn. Who has the best starters? San Francisco or the Philadelphia Eagles? I wrote them down. By the way, you think you have a better quarterback than the 49ers? On what metric? He's had a better season. That's a fair metric. That's a fair metric. This kid is, I think, I think he's 7-0. Brock Purdy's 7-0. That's not enough to put out there and say, well, you can't make that narrative that Jalen's better because Jalen, Jalen's had too good a season. But he's not as bad as you think he is. And all you keep doing in Philly is hoping he turns back into a rookie quarterback. Well, he hasn't yet. 
He beat an MVP candidate in Geno Smith. And he beat a guy that owns the Eagles, Dak Prescott. Jalen's never beaten Dak. So Purdy's actually got something over Jalen a couple times. He's beaten the Niners. Jalen hasn't. He's beaten Dak. Jalen hasn't. Look at the last game. He threw 154 yards. Hurts threw for 154 yards. Congratulations. Dak and Geno. Sean's going, Dak and Geno. He's going to be Brock Ugly after Sunday, 24-10 birds. Why, you haven't beaten Dak. When's the last time you beat Dak? 2019? Make it sound like you beat Dak all the time. You don't beat Dak Prescott. I love how Eagle fan forgets. He, he's got like he's got like amnesia when it comes to Dak. And Dak is so bad right now. Okay? Trexler goes, Sills must love being wrong. Why I picked you to go to the Super Bowl and I said Jalen would never throw for 4K. Pretty right. Was I right on everything? No, you got me there. But I'm, And I also said he wouldn't throw for 30 touchdowns. But he got hurt, Sills. Dual threat. <laughs> All right. I'm not jumping off no bandwagon. I'm not jumping off no bandwagon. I got the Eagles winning on Sunday. I'll bury the lead for Friday. No, 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 no. But this ain't going to be the easy rock ride you think this thing's going to be. I'm not wrong on Jimmy G. Jimmy G! 49 and 19 and 1. I ain't wrong on that dude. Dual threat. Dak owns the Eagles. <laughs> Who has the better roster? Eagles or 49ers? I have lined them up too, by the way. Across the board, I'm going to get a highlighter here. Jalen is better than Purdy. Not in the postseason. Not in the postseason, he's not. Not in the postseason. Technically, right, Tone? Technically. Technically. Not in the postseason, he's not. Factually, actually. Kittle made a lucky catch. A lucky catch. Dude, they played the Cowboys. You played the shitbag Eagles. You played the shitbag Giants. Don't make the Giants sound like, like Josh Allen got beat. You see, he didn't play very well. Yeah, he played against the defending AFC champions. And Joe Burrow, you played against, who was it? Daniel Jones. Congratulations to you. Wow. The Giant win versus that 49er game. Not in the same room. Cowboys beat you this year. And you haven't beaten Dak. How you doing? All right. Let's start with the defense. Nick Boza versus Josh Sweat. Well, that'd be Boza. Brandon Graham. Left end. Versus Samson, Ibukum.
I'll take Brandon Graham there. Javon Kinlaw versus Fletcher Cox. Kinlaw all night long. Eric Armstead versus Javon Hardgrave. We're, we're, we're matching up. I want to see who has the most stars and better players per position. Eric Armstead versus Javon Hardgrave. Man, I think Armstead's good, but Hardgrave had too good a season. I can't diss this guy. That would not be fair. I got to go Hardgrave. Hardgrave. It's 2-2. Let me see what Niner says. I'd say Eagles. How many guys over 10 sacks? Yeah, you played shit bad quarterbacks. Who was the number one ranked defense? Huh? Strong side linebacker. Hassan Reddick. Al Shazir. I'm going Reddick. He's had a dynamite year. Fred Warner, TJ Edwards, not on a, a debate. Fred Warner. It's 3 3. It's 3 3. I mean, dude. Dre Green, uh, Greenlaw versus Kaiser White. Greenlaw's better. Lenore versus Slay, right cornerback. Got to go Slay. Ward versus Bradbury. Got to go Bradbury. This is where, this is maybe one of the absolute best. Hafanga versus CJ. Hafanga's the all pro. But CJ's awful good. Going into the last player, the Niners, one, two, three, four, five. The Eagles, one, two, three, four, five. This is close. I didn't do this prior to coming on the air. Sean, how can you go CJ when the other guy's the all pros consensus? Now it comes down to the free safety. Reed Blankenship. Versus Gibson. I think this is a push. Dude, this is closer than I thought. I thought the Niners, I thought the Niners were going to have more stars on defense than the Eagles. And... It's equal. Do I think the Eagles had a better pass rushing year? Yeah. But the Niners are a better unit. Not by much. Ranking dictates that. And by the way, when you say the Niners haven't played a complete team, nor have you, this will be the first game that you play where there's stars on both sides of the ball. 
You may have stars in Minnesota. You don't have them on defense. And Dallas is not the team of these two. Okay? The defense, to be fair, I'm shocked. Because I think the offensive side of the football, this is also going to be interesting now. Okay? Eagles, right there with the Niners defensively. You know, right there defensively. Pretty impressive. Maddox, that's, hey, block money, you're right. If Avante Maddox is on the field, Eagles probably had the advantage in better players than the 49ers if Maddox plays. If Maddox was playing, you're right. If Maddox was playing, you would have the advantage on defense. Absolutely. I'm actually pretty shocked here. Let's go to the offensive side. I'm I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to put this out here, but McClinchy versus Lane Johnson. I mean, come on, man. I wrote a list down, by the way. I want to show you something about the greatest right tackles in NFL history. I will do that right after this. Okay? Lane's great. Spencer Buford versus Isaac Sayamalo. Both guys are the same. Both guys are the same. Both guys are the same. That's a push. Kelt, so far, the Eagles haven't lost one. Center. Hey, Brendel's great, but Kelsey's better. Aaron Banks versus Landon Dickerson. Dickerson. Wow. I didn't think that this was going... I didn't think the Eagles had a better 40. I didn't think they had a better 22. I knew they had a better 53. Okay? Trent Williams is better than Jordan Mullen. Trent Williams is the first ballot Hall of Fame. Hall of Famer. Wow. And Mulata's great. Tight end. Greg Kiss is Dallas Cutter. Wow. Are these two good players? Holy shit. Kittle versus Goddard. Five catches, 95 yards for Kittle this past weekend. Goddard got established against the Giants, like I said, and he was a wrecking ball. Dan, it's too not too late to jump on the band. What bandwagon? I started the bandwagon for the Eagles. You all forget that. I started the bandwagon. You're all on Big Sills' bandwagon. You guys think that's a push? Man, I think Goddard might. Boy, man. God, Kittle or Goddard? 
What do you think, Tone? Kittle or Goddard? Man, he was a menace too, wasn't he? In the, you see Kittle blocking the uh, Cowboy guys? He's blowing dudes off the line of scrimmage. I mean, honestly, man. Both guys are so physical and so good. What do you guys think? Kittle by a raindrop? This is a tough one. Why don't we call it a push? I don't want a fence straddle. Personally, I would probably take Goddard because I think he's a little bigger, but I'm going to go push. This kid, Ayuk, is a good ball player, but he's not Devontae Smith. Devontae. Man. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown. Dude, this is this is a heavyweight championship fight. Damn. Debo or A.J.? God, and I love me, A.J., God, I love me, Debo Samuel. Debo didn't have the numbers this year. Last year, he had 1,400 yards. This year, he got hurt, missed a ball, ton of ball games early. So the numbers don't speak to his talents. But AJ had the better year. So does that give him the advantage because he had the better year? That's got to play into something, you know. You just can't do this. Well, shit, Debo's better. Yeah, but Sills, this guy's been doing it. And he had career, and this is a career year for him. I'm talking AJ. It's a career year. AJ's awful good in the blocking game. So is Samuel. You see Samuel knocking guys out? Is that another push? Wow, George Kittle and Dallas Goddard. I'm still looking at the back of my mind with this one. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown. Dude, Jesse, this is a dream matchup. This is, this is all pro heaven. This is really going, my God almighty. This might be one of the most physical and most talented NFC championship games in recent memory. You know why? Because the quarterbacks aren't being paid and there's there's talent littered everywhere. I don't know if I've ever seen an NFC title game post-salary cap than what I'm seeing right now. Both sides of the football are loaded with superstar players. Hall of Famers. Here, watch this. Kittle's going to Potentially be a Hall of Famer. Williams is. Um, Lane, Jason Kelsey. Just, I even gotten to the rest of the guys yet. There's four Hall of Famers on the offensive side of the ball alone. The defensive side. Boza, Warner. Um, Fletcher. All pros everywhere. 
I'm going to go A.J. Brown here, and I'm going to tell you why, A.J. Brown. I can't dismiss the season he had. Okay? Durability's got to be a factor here, too. A.J. played. Debo missed some games early. That's got to be a factor. You can't just go, Debo's the better player. He might be, but not this year. Okay, now watch this. Could Samuel go out there and get 160 yards receptions on 10 catches? Absolutely. He's that guy. He's totally that guy. But AJ showed up to the fight every week. Does that make sense? Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, by the way, Samuel is a great ball player. And if God, both guys are healthy all year, I think it's a flip of a coin myself. But I've got to go AJ. Okay. McCaffrey versus Miles Sanders. This is going to be another tough one here. Tone says this, both were drafted in 2019 in the second round along with DK Metcalf. Dude, that's second round. So you had DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, and A.J. Brown in the second round? Holy cow. 32 teams passed on those guys in the first round? And you grabbed guys like Jalen Rager? Holy shit. That's insanity. You missed on DK Metcalf, not just the Eagles. All 32 teams missed on DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, and Debo Samuel. All three dudes taken in the second round. That's insane. That's utterly insane when you're talking that talent. That's got to be the best. Dude, seriously, that's got to be. One of the absolute best second-round draft classes in NFL history. When you're talking that kind of talent, that's absolutely, yeah, like, like Alex said, that's sick. Was was White was Whiteside drafted in that 2019 draft? So you grabbed that dude in the set. Was he a second rounder? The kid from Stanford that the Eagles grabbed. So you grabbed the kid from the Eagles. Don't ever tell me how we could draft wideouts. Outside of Devontae, he has sucked out loud. Okay? The guy in New England sucks out loud when it comes to drafting wideouts. You tell me a wideout he's up there in 23 years. The guy in New England, picking them wideouts ain't that easy. Name me a wide receiver Belichick drafted in the first round that was worth the shit. Edelman and Amendola, those guys were like nobody dudes in later rounds. Wes Welker was a special teams guy in Miami who was traded and cut by the Chargers. Right? McCaffrey versus Sanders, who you got? I got McCaffrey all night. He's a better player. Now the quarterback, Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts. 
Why is Jalen better than Brock Purdy? I'm asking you. I'm not, it's not a setup question. It's not a setup question. Why is Jalen better than Purdy? Jalen wasn't a first rounder either. I mean, it's not like this guy was thought of highly coming out of college. Hertz is a system. Purdy is a cog in the system. That's what Tone says. Trey Lance was not going to take this football team to the NFC championship game. That's, I don't care what you think. Trey Lance sucks. He has no chance of success. Zero. Okay? Zero. That's the new Jamarcus Russell. He is terrible. He played against club football teams at North Dakota State. North Dakota State plays against the Little Sisters of the Poor in Eagle Creek University and Buffalo Pie University. They don't play real colleges. They, they, they Seriously, they play like the Saquon wins. What else they got up there in North Dakota? The Mount Rushmore University flag football team. They don't play anybody. Okay? He sucks. The Bisons. <laughs> 14 and 1 hurts. Brock Purdy's two. Okay. So you see what my man Mastis did? He put 14 and 1 up. Brock Purdy's 2 and 0. Oh. You want to start putting records up? Purdy's beat the Cowboys and Dak. Jalen's never done that. He's never done that. Actually, he's not close to that. Last year, the Cowboys destroyed him with Dak Prescott. And he beat Geno. So he's beat Geno, and you think the win over Daniel Dimes Jones is a better win than what that kid has done? Dimes Jones. 7-0, baby. He's undefeated. And he's 2-0 in the postseason. Come on, Sills. You're being a little extra. No, I'm asking. Honest to God, I'm, I'm asking. Why is Jalen better? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me put both on both sides here for this conversation. Jalen would be better, in my opinion, because of this reason. Can I tell you why? Jalen dictates play. Here's the difference between Jalen Hurts. Tone, tell me if you agree. Here's the difference between Jalen Hurts and pretty much every quarterback he plays against. Jalen Hurts dictates the play that's coming from the sidelines. He dictates it, whether to hand it off, throw it, um, run with it. Purdy's told where to throw the ball. Purdy's told where to throw it. Okay? Now, he's got to make decisions, and he's got to do 
his progressions more so than Jalen because Jalen's not really reading progressions. If the guy's not open, what do they tell him? Take off and run. That's not progression reading. That's RPO. That's an RPO system. Jalen's not a guy to sit back there and go through progressions all game long. It's not what he does. That's not the system. That's not a progression system when you run the ball for 268 yards in the game against the Giants. That's not going through your progressions. The one thing that I'll say to you about Jalen Hurts that has been one of the most impressive things, his intellect, um, the way he processes information. Um, before I get Merrill Reese on here, I got to say this to you about what Bill Walsh told me. The true, I, I said this to Bill once. I go, Bill, you judge a quarterback by his great arm. He goes, shows me already you don't know what you're talking about, Dan. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, you, you, you gauge a quarterback by his feet and how he processes the information once it's in front of you. And what Jalen Hurts was doing against the Giants and how he was going through his progressions on the RPOs, I'm listening to Maryland, Mike, and I'm listening to them call the game. I don't know if there was a play in that whole entire game against the Giants where he made a bad read on the RPO. I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. I thought he was flawless. Let's bring Merrill Reese in on another legendary call. Merrill and I both thought this thing was going to be close, but I'll tell you what, Merrill. I think you and I, it wasn't about the Giants, Merrill. I think it was more so that we got fooled by the Vikings and that we thought the Vikings were a better opponent than what they were. And when the Giants got into that, into that Eagle game, they look like the Giants in week 14 against the Eagles. Is that how you see it now reflecting back on where we are now? Yes, yes. I was somewhat misled uh, by the way they played against the Vikings. I thought that the, the – well, first of all, I do think Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. He didn't have his best day, but the fact of the matter is he didn't have the line that gave him the time. The Eagles were all over him. I mean, he had to, he had to just take it and throw or duck or try to run – the Eagles' defense just stymied him. And I also agree with what you said about Jalen Hurts. He played as perfect a game as you can possibly play. And notice, they really were able to attack the Giants with the running game. It was a run-first offense. That's the good thing about this team. They can, they can beat you with different strategies. They can beat you through the air, and they can beat you on the ground. I'm going to make a, a comment um, that I think this offensive line – might be better than that Cowboy line with Emmett Smith. And I you look at the two tackles, Eric Williams and Mark Tune, the guards Gogan and Nate. I'll give one of the guards to the Cowboys with Nate, potentially over Sayamalu, the center. You clearly go with the Eagles. Uh the blocking tight end. I mean Merrill, this has got to be one of the greatest offensive lines in pro football history, not just in Eagle history, because there's all stars everywhere on it. Yeah, they're they're awfully good. I mean, now don't forget the Eagles have played in the past with John Runyon and Trey Thomas, two All Pros to tackle. All fabulous. And then if you want to go back a ways, uh, back to the first Super Bowl that I broadcast, which was in 1981, after the '80 season, they had a uh, they they had their center was Guy Morris, who went on to become the head coach at the University of Kentucky. Uh, he was an outstanding player. The guards were Woody Peoples, former 49er, 
and Petey Perot, who was tough. And the tackles were my former color commentator, Stan Walters, and Jerry Sizemore, big number one draft choice from Texas. That was a very, very good offensive line. So I don't know if it's the best of all time, but it's certainly up there with the best of all time. How about Lane? Give me your history on him when it comes to, I mean, look, I wrote these tackles down and I'll bring this up with everybody else later on, but far here are the greatest right tackles in pro football history. Forrest Gregg, Bob Sinclair, Jackie Slater, Ron Mix, Ron Yeri, all Hall of Fame legendary names. Got to say this to you, watching him play was a privilege, Merrill. The way he went out there and played and gutted it out, basically gutted it out, and still stymied somebody, maybe a little concerned in the first series, but, man, he is a weapon. It, what is, a great is football that, player. Is, is that pun intended? What's gutted that? It out? Yeah. He, he's, got a, he's got a torn abdomen. And Unreal. He gutted it out. <laughs> Unreal. Lane, watching Lane play, Merrill, it's a privilege. I mean, he, he, I mean, in your years, have you, we just got through talking about the best units. I mean, it's, I don't want to take and throw any shade at Kelsey because Kelsey's going to the Hall of Fame too. Oh, yeah. He's a first ballot guy too. Peters is going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. This guy's the best I've seen in 35 years in that city. Well, Nick Sirianni says, he, he says it every week. He said that Lane Johnson is the best tackle, not right tackle but the best tackle in the entire National Football League. Now, I, I don't know, do you, do, you, do you go along with that? Because yeah, I, um, I, I, there I are think coaches. Trent Williams, I think you could flip a coin, Merrill, and say that those are the two best tackles. I'll say this to you. I think that Lane had a better year this year than Trent because he missed some time. Mm-hmm. But, um, boy, it is, it's razor thin. and It's like this. Some like cherry pie, some like apple pie. I think it's that kind of conversation, Merrill. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is amazing. It is amazing to watch him play. Uh, I have to go back and watch him play after games. I can't watch him play while I'm doing play-by-play because I'm following the ball. But then I go watch the tapes of the games and see what he did. And he's, he's great. He, he really is. Um, another tackle, and I'm not saying he's anywhere near Lane right now, but I think you're going to see in years to come that Jordan Mailata becomes one of those great tackles because he's he's only three years into football, and he, he just keeps getting better and better. And at his size and athleticism, he's got the ability to reach some pretty awesome heights. You know what, Merrill? I think the thing that the Eagles have done at the Novacare Center at those tackle positions, Lane was a tight end, and Malata was a rugby player. They're athletes there. They're just not fat bodies like we used to see back in the day, Merrill. I mean, these guys have great feet. I mean, the way they move and slide, I mean, you could probably play Lane at every single offensive position, and I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't put it past him if he could play D-tackle. Because he's got such great feet. These are athletes at those two cornerstone positions. Well, you know, he was a quarterback. He actually played quarterback. So <laughs> you can't say that about many offensive tackles, that they were they were their high school's quarterback. So he, he's done a lot of amazing things. He's he's he is great. You're talking about you're talking about the talent of a t- the, the, the athleticism of a tight end. And he does have that. 
but he's got, you know, you, you look at his size and, and his strength, but you know what? He's more of a finesse tackle than he is just a power tackle. I, true. I mean, he used more power because he had to was use some of his upper body because of his injury. So it was a little more power. But to be that type of athlete, I mean, incredible. I want to throw a question at you here. I asked Gary Cobb this question, and I'm going to ask you. Has Hassan Reddick become the best pass rusher since Reggie White? They had another one I have to throw in there. Trent Cole? Trent Cole. Yeah. Okay. Trent Cole is second in career sacks to Reggie White. But Hassan Reddick has just arrived here. And I think he's had he's had double-digit sacks every year. Three and years in a row he's had it, and now he's got 19 and 18 games. I mean, Merrill, I said this <laughs> yesterday. I think this is the best free agent acquisition that they have had um, since T.O., I mean, I didn't really see him fitting in early. And since they got Joseph Finsu, he's been a wrecking ball. I, I think you're right. I, I had to think for one second because I think one of the great acquisitions, but it was a trade. It was technically right. a trade was A.J. Brown coming here. But, That's right. yeah, but he's done for the defense what A.J. Brown's done for the offense. It's, he's, he's been – were you shocked – with the amount of pressure that Jonathan Gannon came with in this game, something that's not in his M.O., were you shocked the way that they pressured uh, Jones with all the blitzes? No, because I think Jonathan Gannon is very, very smart, and he knows what works for every situation. I think he's going to be a head coach when this season, the whole season is over, hopefully from an Eagles standpoint after February 12th. But I think that uh, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Fans get antsy at times because the, he doesn't blitz as much as they would like. But then I say, wait a minute. You know, the Eagles led the whole league in sacks with 70. They were about 15 or 20 sacks above whoever, you know, the second place team in pressure. So you know, he's, he's had a great defense. Absolutely has. Um, this, uh, Merrill, I, 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 I put the two rosters together. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how close the Eagles were to the Bozas and the Brandon Grahams and the Hassan Reddicks and the Slays and the Bradberries, to the Warners and the Bozas and the Kinlaws. And defensively, they're right there. Offensively, Kittle versus Goddard. I mean, when you're going back and forth there, McCaffrey, Sanders, um, Lane Johnson, Trent Williams. This has got to be one of the biggest star-studded NFC title games I can remember post um, salary cap because you can't usually keep all these guys in the room, Merrill. There's yeah. stars all over this. All the, the, over this the, other, the only the the big difference, the biggest difference, and I do not mean this as an insult. I don't because I think I think Brock Purdy has been amazing to come in uh, an untested rookie, last player taken in the draft, and to do nothing but win for this team and show poise. I think he has been terrific. But since you're comparing position for position, the greatest disparity, I have to think, is the top five quarterback right now, Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy. That's the biggest difference. That uh, and, and Brock Purdy has a long way to he's, – he's going to develop. He's going to be even better. But right now, Jalen Hurts has elevated himself to elite status, and Brock Purdy isn't, isn't there yet.
You know, and here's what here here's the only thing I would say to that, Merrill. If if everybody in Philly, and I I don't believe that the coaching staff, and I don't believe even I don't believe you or anybody. If everyone's going, well, he's going to turn back into a pumpkin. No, that's not a game plan. That's wishful thinking. And to me, he's now had two playoff wins. He's beat uh, Pete Carroll, and he turned around and beat Dak. I mean, look, the Cowboys had every chance to win that ball game. I think coaching cost him that. So to me, I got to go into this game, don't you? Not thinking that this guy's going to turn into a pumpkin. No, I don't think that at all. He's but been I, right there. I, I don't think that at all, but I don't think he's going to turn into – an elite top five quarterback. Joe Montana, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. Uh, but but he's certainly he's done an amazing job. Who I'm I'm anxious. I mean, you're asking me questions. Who are you picking in this game? Oh, I got the Eagles winning this game. I think it's going to be a very tough one. But the difference, in my opinion, I think. Look, there's great coaching in this. I think Kyle Shanahan has done a remarkable job with three coaches. I mean, three quarterbacks. I think the defensive coordinator is outstanding on that side of the ball. Bose is great. But I agree with you, Merrill. I think the difference is Hurts and the link. And, I mean, look, McCaffrey, I think, is maybe more versatile than Miles. But Miles has had a better year and a more consistent year. So this is going to come down to turnovers. And I hate to be the cliche machine, but turnovers, time of possession, the team that runs the ball the most will control the field position. And I can't see, I can't see San Francisco doing that to a team that's been in every fight. You see, San Francisco is a different team. They're 12 and 1, Merrill, since they got Christian McCaffrey. It's a whole different unit than when before that they were going through the Trey Lance thing. But the Eagles have showed up for every fight for 17 weeks. So I, I gotta go with them. I think it's a close one, probably three pointer. Okay. I, I will hold you to it. I, I think it's going to be a tight game, too. I, I can't see one team pulling away. I can't see any kind of route in, in, in this game. I think they're both too good. I think the 49ers are the best team the Eagles have faced this year, and I think the Eagles are the best team the 49ers have faced. So I think it's I think it sets up as just a, a great, great game ahead of us in a few days. Couple last questions here for you. I, I, I've said this too, Merrill. I think because we have such young quarterbacks in the game, the NFC, and you look at the championship game, the NFC is driven by rosters. They're just, it's, and the AFC, I think, is more driven by quarterbacks. I mean, look at that. They got Burrow first pick overall, they got Mahomes, MVP, all that. You got Andy Reid on that side. Um, I want to ask you this here. Now let's just end it with this one. January 9th was the first time that the Eagles could start addressing Jalen Hurts' future. And I know you may not have any insight. This is just your opinion. Do you think they start addressing it because they have in Cincinnati? They did this week again. In Los Angeles, they did with Herbert, who was in that 2020 draft. They haven't started contract negotiations. Do you believe that they'll do it prior to the Super Bowl, or do you think they'll wait after the season to start the contract talks or extension talks, I should say, with Jalen Hurts. No, I I think it's just football now, not business. I I don't think I think the only thing everybody in that building is focused on is this Sunday, and if they should fortunately win this Sunday, they will zero in on February the twelfth. Not until the final game is played will they 
take care of those matters. I think they, I, and I think they'll take care of them and they'll, how he knows what he's doing. They'll do a good job. And Jalen Hurts is going to be a very, very wealthy man in a very short while. But I think, I think it's got to be football first and then they'll turn to that. Okay. I got Mike Golick coming on at four 30. I need a Mike Golick story before I let you out of here. So he's coming on at four 30. I got to, did, did you enjoy being around Mike when he was an Eagle? I enjoy being around Mike when I see him at a charity golf tournament or when he comes to the link to do uh, color commentary on one of the national broadcasts. Mike Golick is one of the nicest people, has a great sense of humor. Uh, he used to do a, uh, on one of the TV st- stations in town when he was a player, he used to do a, a, a show every week called Golick's Got It. And he's, he's a special guy. He's a special guy. Give him my best. I just think he's terrific. I, I love him very much, but the only thing I hold against him is he went to Notre Dame because I went to Miami. So, you know, it's 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 a Miami-Notre Dame thing. Hey, Merrill, have a great broadcast this weekend. We so appreciate it. I got the Eagles by three also on Sunday at the link. Thank you so much, Merrill. I, I didn't say that. That was your pick. <laughs> Fortunately, there's nothing in my job that requires me to make a pick. I think this could go either way. No, don't, hey, don't worry. You won't be on Angelo's show tomorrow morning. Have to explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Merrill. I appreciate it, my friend. See you, Dan. Take care. You Bye-bye. got it. That is Merrill Reese. I so enjoy talking with him. Got you know, I'm listening to his broadcast too with him and Mike. Mike Quick. They do such an amazing job. You know, actually, I I, I listen to that now. And more so than I listen to, like, the national broadcast. Please hit the like button here. I want to finish up on this, on what we were just talking about. Hopefully, if you have any comment also on what Merrill Reese said. By the way, again, Mike Gullick's going to join us at 4.30 Eastern time here, too. So the offensive stars on the Eagle side. Oh, wait. Purdy hurts. I'm going hurts. So the offensive stars, I'm pretty shocked. San Francisco, one, two, three, four. Eagles, one, two, three, four, five, six. Defense, one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. This is something else, man. Hey. 10 superstars for the 49ers and 12 for the Eagles. This is going to be some freaking ball game. Okay? Who do you got in coaches? Eagle coaches or the 49er coaches? Hey, look at, look at. Hey, the real says, you said that real fast. No, Hurts is the difference in this game. I think he's going to be the difference. I do. I think Hurts... I disagree with Craig Carton. Brock Purdy's got to put more of a resume together for me to put him over Jalen. That's not going to happen. I just, even though he's 2-0, and and I kid you guys, okay, that's not happening. Jalen has played great since the 2-5 and start of a year ago. If you go back to the 2-5 and start and you start his clock of his career since last year, after the 2-5 and start, it's a completely different career than the two and five. 
he, his first seven games were not the best. But then since then, he's improved, it seems, every drive, every week. I'm, it's a push. You think Sirianni's a better coach than Kyle Shanahan, who's going into his third conference championship game in four years. That I disagree with. I think San Francisco has the better coaching staff. Okay? And here's Tone. My unbiased opinion, Shanahan is just a football nerd. He just makes things look so easy. Shanahan has the edge over Sirianni. Yeah, and the defensive coordinator too. Okay? I, I think that's a better coaching staff in San Francisco. I mean, do you actually think – let me ask you this. Do you actually think Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen could coach this team to the NFC Championship game with Gardner Minshew? He couldn't get Gardner Minshew to beat the Saints. I mean, right? They couldn't put a game plan together. They put, couldn't put a game plan together for Gardner Minshew to beat the Saints. That guy's taken three different quarterbacks, and now he's in the NFC title game again. That's awful impressive. And by the way, you have nothing on your schedule, the Eagle fans. You have nothing on your schedule to toot your horn about. And nor do they. Nor do they. These are the two most... You know what's funny? Tone. I wish Xander too, because Xander heard this too. I said this, and I've been saying this for eight months. I think San Francisco and Philadelphia mirror one another. And I've been saying that since last offseason. That I think the two best rosters in the NFC are in San Francisco and in Philadelphia. We've been totally saying that. Totally saying that the whole year. And it doesn't it, okay? And doesn't the matchup come to this where the two best rosters are playing against each other? Okay? Look, Jalen Hurts is not part of the elite group that people talk about all the time on a daily basis. He's not. Okay? He's not. He's the, They talk about Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Ma- Allen, Herbert. Now they're bringing and propping up Trevor Lawrence. Okay? Because that's not what J- – Jalen's not one of those guys. And I was, I was starting to show up. I was telling you, Jalen is, he's a one of, he's unique. He's winning games his way, not that way. Okay. It's not shade. They're, they're perennial passing quarterbacks. They're going to throw the ball 700 times. Jalen will never throw the ball 700 times in his career. He will never. Because he's going to run the ball 150 times a year. He's going to throw the ball 450, maybe maybe tops 520. Okay? Maybe. I'll tell you something. If It's going to be interesting to see if he could ever play a full season on what his numbers could be by the end of the year. Okay? I mean, Lamar Jackson, the 2017 MVP season. 
he threw for 3104 ran for 1400 yards led the NFL in touchdown passes with 36 we'll see but what's happened since 17 to him he's been on the IR he's missed games he's working deals like I said yesterday both the Ravens and him should be ashamed of themselves they put business ahead of team both of them it's both fault. You deserve it. You let down the other 52 guys in the locker room. Like Tone said yesterday, well, one guy's got his money and the other guy doesn't. Well, guess what? The organization and the players should have fixed that. That's on them, both of them. They didn't care about winning a title this year, both of them. Both of them, the team and the player, didn't care about winning. Their actions prove it. Mahomes is playing Sunday. Lamar wouldn't have. Okay? That's a damn shame. It's an absolute damn shame. Mike Golick's going to join us at 4.30 Eastern time. I have, I want to get into that conversation about Lane Johnson and the greatest right tackles of all time. I wrote a list down. Ranking... The four best teams in the final four this weekend. The final four coaches, we also. Also, the four tight ends in this final four are pretty cool too as well. Want to get your thoughts, man. This is going to be an iconic game. It really is. Hour number two, please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. 
SOGA now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Two, National Football Show with your boy Big Sills. Appreciate you guys all coming aboard in Championship Weekend. Say that again, Philly. Championship Weekend. Kudos. Awesome stuff here, man. Could win two championships in five years. Pretty good. General says Sirianni hasn't been coaching long enough to get two, three chips. Had to take years and two... That's like comparing Rodgers' career and Hurts in year two. Fair? I think Brian Dable did a better job of coaching the Giants this year than what Sirianni did. I think the guy down in Jacksonville had a better year coaching than Sirianni. Doug's been in the game longer. Okay? Jesse, keep you keep going on me with that. Kittle or Goddard. Jess, honestly... I'm going to take Dallas Goddard. I'm going to take Dallas Goddard. And I love George Kittle. But I got to go Goddard, man. He's just got a nose for the end zone. He runs dudes over. I just... I Jess, you pushed me. I'm going to go. I got to go Goddard. I got to go Goddard, okay? Got to go Goddard, man. Um, real quick, before I get to Lane Johnson here, I'm going to bring something up on Lane here in a second. Um, let me show you what a shitty organization does to people and why they're not relevant in the NFL. So I was talking to you guys and to Merrill about January 9th when it came to Joe Burrow and Jalen, they can officially start talking contract with him. 
So what does Mike Brown, the owner of the Bengals, do? You're heading into the greatest era, potentially, of Bengal football, right? You're in your second straight AFC championship game. How many times in Bengal history have you gone back to conference championship games? That's got to be your quarterback is 5-1 and one in the postseason. What does Mike Brown do right out of the gate? What does he do? He asked Joe Burrow for a pay cut on his new upcoming extension. The Bengals will always be the used car lot of the NFL. They'll always be the used car lot. That's are. Instead of talking about that behind the scenes, you publicly go out there and try to shame the guy to take less money. You put those little crab claws on your purse. Do you know what Mike Brown's going to make this year? Mike Brown's going to make $650 million this year from the television packages that the league cuts with all 32 teams. This guy's worrying about what money they're going to... Hey, I'll say this to you too. Can you guys see... Can you guys see the Bengals putting a $500 million deal in escrow for Joe Burrow? No way whatsoever. Joe Burrow's not going to finish his career in Cincinnati. Not when you have the owner already talking poverty. Already talking poverty. Well, you know, we got to pay other guys on the team. And maybe... Joe should take less money. What a jerk, man. How about this, Mike Brown? How about you do your job? He's doing his. He's made you relevant. Guys, let me show you how dumb owners are sometimes. Look at what you and I are doing here. When's the last time you talked about the Jaguars in January instead of April? We're talking about the Bengals. For the second consecutive year in January. And that guy's talking about maybe you should take less. Man, that's why they're the Bengals. Thought Burrow was your 70 million. Oh, he is. He ain't getting it there, though. You wonder some guys that if Joe Burrow goes back to a Super Bowl for the second straight year, that his extension's not going to be $70 million? It ain't Joe Burrow, dude. It's the owner. 30 NFL teams, including yours, would take Joe Burrow over Jalen Hurts. That's a fact. That's a fact. Can you imagine Joe Burrow with A.J. Brown and Devontae? Oh, wait. That's right. He is. He's in Cincinnati. Can you imagine with that old line? Joe Burrow wouldn't lose a game ever. Never. Dude, there's people with franchise quarterbacks that – You would dump Trevor Lawrence 
you you would dump just about every guy for that dude in Cincinnati. Man, you can't build around 45. I found out why they could keep Stefan Diggs. I found out why, because you know why? Well, when you pay a quarterback $45 million, be prepared. AJ, AJ will be gone off that team too. Because you can't keep 45 million and 25 million. I found out. Josh Allen, his contract doesn't kick in until next year. He's still on his rookie deal. He signed an extension. That's why they could keep $25 million, Stefan Diggs. Next year, after that year, it'll be over. Like every place, once you pay the quarterback, you lose your wideout. Ask Patrick Mahomes. Ask Mahomes. Ask Rodgers. When you start paying your guy, you lose your dude. And by the way, you don't know what you're talking about. I have precedent. All these wideouts, they leave. Why? Because ownership, Amari Cooper was making $21 million in Dallas. See ya. Went to Cleveland. Why? Because the quarterback at the time was on a rookie deal. The quarterback was on a rookie deal, making 18 million bucks. No, no problem. <laughs> Cap is going up, so are salaries. Every time somebody says that cap is going up, so are salaries. They're working on a contract extension for Justin Jefferson starting at 27.5. Cap's going up. Yeah. Well, Justin Jefferson's salary's going up. 27.5 million. The Vikings are going to offer him annually. Annually. <laughs> Look at Arthur. Jalen's an all-pro at 1.4 million. Congratulations. It's the only way you got all those players on your team. Do you know that Jalen Hurts is the 720th highest paid player in the NFL? <laughs> There's 10 kickers making more. 10 kickers. The kicker on your own team makes more. The kick. Hey, wait a minute. Let me double check that because Jalen makes one three coming up in 2013 with a $100,000 signing bonus. Let me find out. Hang on. I got to find out what your kicker makes. How much does Josh Elliott make in 2023? Four million. He makes three times the money Jalen makes. <laughs> your kicker makes more than your quarterback. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Congratulations to you, man. Hey, your kicker on your team makes three times as much money as the dude. Okay. I wanted to look at some of the great right tackles in pro football history. Because I think what you're watching with Lane Johnson is pretty special. And I wrote down the five greatest offensive right tackles in the history of the game. Is Lane in these conversations? Number one on the list is Forrest Gregg. 
Lombardi's favorite player said his most talented player he's ever coached. Hall of Famer. Bob Sinclair played with the Niners, one of the very first big offensive tackles. Played from 53 to 63. He was 6'9". So he was one of the very first big and imposing offensive linemen of all time. I actually played against his next guy, Jackie Slater. 76 to 95. You want to hear something impressive about Jackie? Just about every year he played in the NFL, the Rams were either ranked one, two, or three in the NFL in running. They had Eric Dickerson. They had Dennis Hara. They had all those great offensive linemen. But to me, Jackie Slater is one of the greatest players of all time. You had Ron Mix. Charger legend, and Ron Yeri, Vikings, who went to four Super Bowls. Is Lane in those conversations there? Remember, I work for the Hall of Fame. I think Lane could possibly go down as the third greatest right tackle in pro football history. Okay? I think he could probably go down as the third. Okay? He's really put himself in a position where he he is going to be considered one of these greats by the end of everything. I mean, when you watch him play ball, man, Number two behind Slater, man, Jackie was good. Jackie, these are right tackles. Um, he's right there. I'm going to get to the rankings of the final four teams in NFL history. We're going to do that. Hey, by the way, um, Mike Gullick's going to join us here in a couple minutes at the bottom of the hour. We're going to get his take. How many right tackles have made uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I think there's seven. I think there's seven, Tone, that have made it. Most of your tackles are the left tackle. And not a lot of them are right guards either. So the right side of the old line was always the tackle two. That's why it's kind of odd to see Lane over there at the right tackle position because your best tackle is usually not there. Most complete team left is Philly. And then San Francisco. Yeah, it's fair. It's true. It's absolutely true. It's true. Eric Williams dominated Reggie. I don't believe so. No, he did not dominate. Dude, Reggie White dominated? Reggie White. Well, that must have been some game I missed on film because I've watched every single game that guy played in almost, even when he was in Carolina. And I don't ever remember even an old man Reggie White being blocked. That's not – Reggie White dominated? I don't think so. Okay? 
I don't think so. There's only two defensive football players I've ever seen in my life never dominated. And they were Lawrence Taylor and Reggie. Okay? Lane's good and he's hurt. I get it. All eagle fly. (laughs) That's what's amazing. He's a finesse plus power player. Okay? No one's dominated Reggie White. Come on, man. Okay? Now, let's go here. Who has a better game Sunday, Purdy or Hurts? Brock Purdy's 2-0. Three touchdowns, no picks. Averaging 275 yards passing. Not that 154 stuff. He's averaging 275. He's had three touchdowns. He's beat Pete Carroll and a Cowboy team you lost to. And Jalen has never beaten... Never beaten... Dak Prescott. <laughs> oh, hey, what are you laughing at, Mark? Look at Mark. Mark doesn't like what I just said. Purdy's 2-0 in the postseason. Jalen's 1-1 with a turd burger in it. And this guy now is going into the NFC Championship game. He's never lost a game. And you're telling me you don't see Nick Foles? Oh! Wait a minute. Niners. See, what they don't want, they don't want you guys to know. Hey, they don't want you to do this. That's Nick Foles. Brock Purdy's Nick Foles. Nick Foles beat the GOAT. But Purdy can't beat Hurts. Oh, okay. Really? Once you back that logic up, Nick Foles outplayed the GOAT. He outplayed the GOAT. But Purdy can't beat Hurts. I think he can. Brock Purdy is Nick Foles. I think he's going to put up some great numbers. If you guys are waiting for this guy to turn into a pumpkin, that's wishful thinking. Because everybody was waiting for Foles to turn into a pumpkin. But guess what? He didn't, did he? He went on an iconic roll and won the Super Bowl and ran through the tape. Yeah, but it can't happen anywhere else but in Philly. Oh, okay. Cowboy team barely beat Gardner. And you barely beat the Cowboys with Cooper Rush. Congratulations, you beat Cooper Rush. It was cut by the Giants. Brock Purdy, Nick Foles, baby. Nick Foles, man. That's his new name. Nick Purdy. (laughs) Nick Purdy. Yes, sir, man. I think he's going to play great. He's got the better coach. At least they know how to put game plans together for three different quarterbacks. Your guy can't put a game plan together to save his life with Gardner Minshew. Do you understand? You had three different playbooks that you had to put together or play calling, situational play calling, play charts 
for Trey Lance, for Jimmy G, and for Brock Purdy. You're right. You went from a quarterback who was a dual threat dude to a guy with great experience back to a guy with no experience. And they haven't lost a game. And they're 12-1 and one since, uh, uh, what's his name, Christian McCaffrey showed up. That team has a, hey, hey a Niner guys, I know you're in here. What was that date that the Niners haven't lost a game on? Brock Purdy. I say Purdy throws for, who do you think throws for more yards in this? Purdy or um, Jalen? Okay. Who, who throws for more yards? I think Brock Purdy probably throws for 330. Jalen probably throw for another 142 yards. Probably another 142. You know, he doesn't really, because he's a dual threat guy. He's got to run 70 sometimes. And, you know, they got to run the ball, you know. One of the very, very uh, boring football teams of all time. But they run, they'll, they'll run the ball. It'll be all right. They'll win. Eagles win. But, I mean, seriously, it's like watching paint dry when you watch Eagle offense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like watching paint dry. Make it to the NFC Championship game? They have. 260 on the ground. Three yards in a cloud of, or five yards more in a cloud of dust. Three yards in a cloud of, Double O goes, I'm disrespectful. I'm not disrespectful to you. <laughs> what are you talking about, dog? Sills losing credibility? What credibility is that? What are you talking about, credibility? Brock Purdy has played excellent football. The Niners have played better football than you over the last 13 games. They got a better record over the last 13 games. They're heading in with an 11-game win streak. What else do you want me to say? Kids 2-0. You beat a shitty Giant team. What's, 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 what's wrong with that? Chris Sims. This is where I differ because Chris Sims came out and said this. If you're going to take it for just passing, he would take Daniel Jones over Jalen Hurts as a passer. There's some truth to it. Jalen's not. He's not a drop-back quarterback. That's not what he does. The 700 yards prove that's not what he does. He's not one of those guys who throw the ball. 700 times a game or a year. He's not that guy. So I see where he's coming from. Now, if you're just talking pure arm talent, Jones is better. But, I mean, Daniel Jones threw to nobody in that game. There's not one wide receiver on that team that will be on the team next year. There's nothing there. He's a pretty good... But as the overall dual threat he is, he's not Jalen Hurts. He's not close to Hurts. Jalen's smarter in the RPO. He's more careful with the ball. He's a better athlete. So if you're looking at both of those guys through a lens, who's the better passer? Okay, I see it. But if you're talking about two guys that are the same skill set, 
That's dissecting just to talk shit on Jalen. You feel me? Okay. Yeah, I got to read it because I'd love it. Watching Eagles drop 38 on Dumbo. I mean, Dabo is boring. Yeah. Because they, they, they were the second worst team in the playoffs. Next to the Bucks. That team did not belong in either. They were terrible. And the Vikings were overseeded. NFC has been terrible this year. Terrible. Look at the Pro Bowl quarterbacks out of the NFC. There's no Brady and Aaron Rodgers in there. It's Jalen and Geno. <laughs> I mean, right? We're not talking about prolific passers here. Okay? So, again, you can't, you can't dissect Daniel Jones just to make your argument right. Because Daniel Jones does everything Jalen does, but Jalen does it better. So that's not a fair comparison. Now, if you're talking about comparing Jalen's arm to Joe Burrow, there's no conversation there. Okay? There's no conversation. He does not throw the ball like that guy. He never will. But that's not what Chris was saying. Chris is going, well, if I'm going to dissect both guys, Daniel Jones is the better passer. Okay. But that's not what he does because Daniel Jones is not going to sit back in the pocket either and do that. It, it, it's interesting to see how people make these narratives. Okay. Listen, this NFC championship game, and I'll say it one more time to you. I think the NFC is littered with great rosters, and the two best rosters in the NFL are probably playing in the conference championship game here. As a matter of fact, on the NFC side, you see it. On the AFC side, it's driven by the quarterback. The quarterbacks in that conference are driven by that position. This game that you're seeing, Jalen Hurts is the 730th highest paid player in the league. There's 10 kickers paid higher than him. That's why you can accumulate all these talented guys. That's why John Lynch can go after uh, Christian McCaffrey and put a $20 million guy on the roster because you're not paying your guy $45 million. This all is about maneuvering the cap. I want to bring Mike Gullick into this. And by the way, before we start it all off here, Merrill Reese wants to say this to you here, Mike. He's like, uh, you make sure you tell him he's one of my favorite people. We had him on in the first hour, and he said you used to do a show in Philly, Gullick something, and he said that he had a blast being around you, and he just wanted to make sure we said hi to you. Yeah, no, Merrill, God, he's a great guy. Yeah, it was called Golik's Got It. It was kind of a, a humorous look at the next week's opponent. Uh, it was a lot of fun to do, but Merrill, man, I, I did a few of the Philly games this year for Westwood One and got to hang out with him and Mike Quick for a bit. So it was, uh, it was always a lot of fun. He's a great dude. Mike, what was that show that you did before, um, before you went on ESPN? It was a nationally syndicated deal that you had – was like the world of sports or something like it that? Was, it was called the lighter side of sports. It was kind of a blooper show where I would either talk about bloopers that were already done or I would set up uh, some of my teammates uh, with some bloopers uh, as well. So, yeah, a lot of, lot of tongue-in-cheek, lighthearted stuff. Mike, NFC title game in Philadelphia. Um, I said that these two are the most complete rosters probably in the NFL when you look at both sides of the ball. Mike, when – you're not paying your 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Quarterback, I mean, Kittle and Goddard and Boza and Warner and Hassan Reddick and Fletcher. And I mean, they're just littered every, everywhere. How do you see this matchup on Sunday? Well, I, I think the NFC is going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I, I do think the NFC has, has the two best teams of the four that are left. Definitely the most complete teams. This game, I mean, uh, we're, we're all waiting. I called the, uh, the, the 49er Dallas game. And for the first half, Brock Purdy actually looked like a rookie because of the Dallas defense. Dallas defense was fantastic. I think they just got worn out. They lost a D lineman in that game. They lost some rotation. So San Fran started leaning on him a bit in the second half and got their running game going. Uh, but but Purdy is used to like a more of a well-oiled machine, and, and Dallas kind of mucked that up a little bit. And now you're playing a Philly defense. I mean – the one thing about San Francisco, you had the leading sacker in, in Bosa at 18 and a half. The next closest had five. In Philly, you got four players over 10 sacks, 70 sacks in the regular season. They just absolutely come at you. And I love this matchup because you look at the, you know, the, the five-fingered monster of San Francisco with, with Ayuk having a career. You, Eliza Mitchell, two, two stints on the IR, but he's back. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and then, of course, Christian McCaffrey. They've now played six games together all year, and they're 6-0, and it's a bevy of talent 
for Brock to throw to. But if there's a defense that can kind of mess that up, I think it can be Phillies. It's going to be a great chess match uh, for Philly to try and throw Brock Purdy off. Not so much with, with you know, one-on-ones, which they want to win, but with disguises, with alignments, with trying to fool Purdy with where your eyes are as he's trying to fool you, where he's going with his eyes. It's going to be some interesting matchups for sure. Mike, you bring up the chess game here. And as you know, in a chess game, man, like you said, one wrong move, man, you're in checkmate here. Does Is, is there anything to it or is it media made, Mike? the experience in the postseason here. I mean, Shanahan's been to a Super Bowl, albeit 28-point lead, they lose it. But he's now in his third conference title game in four years. And he's done it almost like Joe Gibbs style with three different quarterbacks this year. Does the coaching, in your opinion, in a game like this, how much does that matter when you're talking about inexperience like Sirianni? You know, we'd love to sit there and say that experience matters, but what did Cincinnati do last year? Cincinnati made all the way to the Super Bowl with no experience. I mean, to to the point where, you know, Joe Burrow is saying, we know the history of this team, but we're not part of that history. We're part of the future. So you'd sit there. It's kind of, Dan, it's it's kind of like when you have your buy. Oh, is this a good, is this a good time for your buy? If it's your buy, you're like, hell yeah, it's a good time for my buy. You're, you're, you're always going to sell yourself on the side of it. Or if you don't have, you don't have a buy till the last week, that's okay. We're in rhythm until then. So you know, experience is the same way. You'd like to think that it matters a little bit. Um, but again, a team will come along like Cincinnati and completely disprove that. So I don't think so. I think confidence can overtake the experience in, in when we're talking about the playoffs here. And this Philadelphia Eagle team is completely confident in what they're doing. So is San Francisco. You know, and I think you agree. These are the most complete teams. So they're not just hanging on quarterback play, though they'd love to see their quarterbacks play well. They have other parts of the team that can secure wins for them. Mike, I said this is the best offensive line I've seen since that Cowboy Emmett line. I mean, Eric Williams and Tune, yep. Malata and Lane. I mean, Sayamalo and Dickerson. Dickerson's an all-pro himself. He's a pro bowler, I should say. Nate, maybe I'd give it over Sayamalo, the center. Kelsey's going to the Hall of Fame. Um, over Stebnoski, Ray Donaldson was a great player. The guys that you and I played against, yeah. Like this is this offensive line is pretty impressive. And when Lane Johnson's in there, they are they're formidable. That's a formidable group. Oh, it's, it's the best old line in football. And last year they went through some nicks and lot, you know, and they had to go with something without. Kind of like what Cincinnati is doing. I mean, kudos to them on the AFC mm. side of three backups in last week's game for them. But this old line, I mean, what, what what a matchup you're looking for against a pressure line from from San Francisco. As I said, though, you have a leading a leading sacker in Bosa with 18 and a half, who has been held sackless the last four games. They didn't get a sack against the Cowboys. And the Cowboys have a good offensive line. The Eagles have a great offensive line. So that doesn't mean that San Francisco is not going to get any sacks, but when they were just blocking straight up four, four, four D linemen rush or edge rushers against the old line, San Francisco didn't do much. Uh, so I, it'll be interesting where this one goes um, for, uh, for, for San Francisco there. And, and on the flip side, flip side, Trent Williams, listen, he stymied Micah Parsons. I mean, when Micah lined up on that side pass rushing, he didn't get near the quarterback. Micah flipped to the other side and DeMarcus Lawrence went to the right side in uh, probably the, uh, the second half, a little part about the last quarter and a half. And Micah started getting some pressure from the other side. 
So that 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 was an, an interesting thing as well. So we talk about the rushers for Philadelphia. Well, Trent Williams is going to the Hall of Fame himself, you know, and he he secures that left side pretty well. Mike, I'm going to ask you a question about dual threat. I'm not ever building my team around a dual threat guy. It's not because I don't think they're talented or I think they can carry you far. But look at the history, Mike, RG3, Kyler Murray this year, um, Lamar Jackson not being able to finish the season three years in a row. Um, now in the offseason, since January 9th, you could start talking contract extension with Jalen. I mean, I, the, guy in, the guy in Buffalo, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, the way he is running the ball, he's going to be Andrew Luck too. He's going to be a seven-year career. I mean, do you believe you can build your team around guys I mean, Jalen's missed time two years in a row. Do you think you can build a team around a guy that is going to eventually get hurt? Well, I mean, I, I think the uh, where we are in the NFL now is those are the type of quarterbacks you have. They're all they all get on the move, right? I mean, Mahomes creates so many things on the move and runs runs enough where he's going to get a hit and get hurt. Uh, Josh Allen, his second year, they tried to have him stop running and he wasn't the same. You have to play him that way. And more guys that are coming up through high school and the seven-on-sevens and into college are dual-threat quarterbacks because they can throw and they're a threat as, as a run. I get what you're saying. You you hold your breath a lot more than that because we've seen, you know, the Tom Brady's win Super Bowls, the Peyton Manning's win Super Bowls, the Aaron Rodgers winning, you know, the one Super Bowl. Uh, but, but, but look who, at Burrow. Who, He's now two years in a row. Kyler yeah. Murray gets a $46.1 million deal. Yep. Mike, we're not going to see him till next October. I, I agree. But remember, Joe Burrow blew his knee out. You know, yep. he's a pocket guy. He got his knee blown out his rookie year. I understand what you're saying, but I think the trend is going toward dual threat quarterbacks. And I don't think that's going to end. And you're going to have to pay market value. You know, whether you want to or not, that's the game right now. As much as teams will want to try and get around it, and we know how it works now. If you if you get a quarterback that blossoms early before his rookie deal is up, you can go out and spend a hell of a lot of money on other players and really build that team before you have to pay your quarterback $45 million a year. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, they're going to get $45, $50 million a year. And, and, and those aren't the dual-threat quarterbacks. I know what you're saying. But, you know, you're going to have to pay Jalen. You're going to have to pay Lamar. I mean, because I, I, this is what I would say to you. If you're not going to, what are you going to do? Who are you getting? Who are you getting? I, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, you're right. You're almost, you're caught in a, in, in a pickle. But Mike, if there's anything I learned this year about the two teams that are in the NFC conference championship game, I don't need one of those guys, Mike. I need a roster. And if I could put a roster together, you're telling me I could win with Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo at $25 million and I don't have to pay Dak the $42 million? The Cowboys are in salary cap hell for the next five years and I got to figure out what to do with Zeke. The 49ers, I mean, they're going to probably move trade to Tennessee, probably trade Garoppolo, get some picks for him. Mike, I think you can win with a $25 million quarterback. So what's the answer then? So what, what do you do in Philadelphia? Hey Jalen, thanks for the memories. Who who are you getting? Who who, get who are you getting? Who are you sticking in there and saying we're going to get just as far if they're not proven? And of these quarterbacks that where their time is up, where they may not be the best quarterback in the league, but their time is up at the right time to get paid market value. So do you go to Jalen Hurts and say, "Man, we need you. You lead us. You do great." 
but listen, sorry, we can't pay you what the top quarterbacks are paying. It's not going to happen. It, it, we're we're going to get caught in the circle, and you have to get lucky. You have to get ah, lucky, I guess, is the wrong word because you're doing your due diligence, but we know first-round quarterbacks are a 50-50 shot. You know, but some like Dak is a fourth rounder. Obviously, Purdy's a seventh rounder. Brady was a sixth rounder. But I'm talking about the first round quarterbacks where you have that built in time to build the team around, but you have to have that quarterback be great or at least really good in that time frame so you can get them weapons to throw around and you can have a great defense. Look at the last time San Francisco went to the Super Bowl. They had Garoppolo, they weren't paying a lot of money, and they had a great defense. That was leading the way. You look at it when Tom, you know, Tom isn't taking a ton of money from Tampa Bay. When True. they won the Super Bowl, they didn't, weren't getting to the Super Bowl without that defense and the way it was playing. So I get what you're saying, but when the, you know, the bell rings and, you know, the Brinks trucks come a calling, what do you do? I mean, what? so I would ask you, what do you do in Philadelphia when it's time to pay? What do you do? What do you do in Baltimore? I'll, I'll show you, Mike. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't. But I understand perfectly what you're saying, but I don't know what the answer is to say all of a sudden, OK, let's make a change here and hope, you know, that it, that it works out. I can't believe there are people that, not to get too far off the subject that, that, that are saying in Chicago they should trade fields, you know, and get a bevy for the draft pick. Well, they can still trade the draft pick and they can still get uh, uh, assets for it. Fields is still in his rookie deal. Field, they got to build a team around him to sit there and say, trade him and draft one of the surefire first round quarterbacks coming out this year. Give me a break. Who's surefire anymore? <laughs> I mean, you've got a guy that needs to improve on passing, but runs incredibly well. He's a dual threat you're talking about, and he's in his rookie deal. So, why would you give up on that right now when you see progress there? But at some point, man, you know, the, the, the bank comes a call and you got to, you got to make some payments. You think Jalen Hurts is a top five quarterback? Wow. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, the Mahomes, the Burrow, the Allen. I like Herbert a lot. Um, if he's not if he's not top five, he's top eight. Top ten for sure. Probably top eight. I would say closer to top five, though. I mean, the, the thing about it is we, we keep talking about dual threat and maybe there's not as good a passers, but I think he passes the ball pretty well. But you can't, as a form, we're, we're both former defenders. We can put, uh, uh, we can put to explain to people what it means when you have a quarterback that can run, what it does to us so on the Steve defensive Young, side. We used to say this, Mike, when they had Steve Young and Montana on the, on the, uh, on, on the roster in, in San Fran, we used to always say this. I'll tell you what. I hope they start Montana. And Joe was special. Yeah. That, that, that thing Steve Young did, getting out in the perimeter, running four fives, yep. it was undefensible at times. Oh, it was. And then so now you're talking about, you know, in our day, a Steve Young, a John Elway breaking out of the pocket and, and sometimes being dangerous running or throwing the ball. Now they're, they're, they're have planned runs planned power runs with the quarterback where the back ends up being an extra blocker. I mean, that's tough to defend. And I get the possibility of injury. I, I completely understand it. But, man, it's great to have. It is great to have, but you definitely hold your breath a little more. couple last questions here for you, Mike, AFC-wise. I couldn't believe what I heard, but then I realized it. So 
January 9th, as I said to you, you could start talking about the quarterbacks in the 2020 draft. And what did Mike Brown say? Hey, we want to keep Joe Burrow here for his entire career. And what's the next phrase? You know, maybe he should take a pay cut so yeah. we could play. And I'm thinking to myself, so wait a minute. This guy's made you relevant. Mike, I don't know. Last time you and I were talking Bengals football in January, two years in a row, he's put you in a conference title game. And the first thing you're talking about with his extension is that he should take a pay cut. I mean, give me your sense. You see him finishing his career in Cincinnati? Well, I mean, the way it's going now, there's no doubt that he should. But it, but, but let's also remember he's very short into his into his career. So let's let's see this thing go for a bit. But it's trending that way. I mean, we also have to understand that players are trying to get their money and teams are trying to conduct a business. They want to be great and conduct a business as well. And you're dealing with a salary cap. Now the salary cap's going to continue to go up, and you just. You have while you have to have a great coach and a great GM and great players, you got to have a great capologist. You got to have somebody that's looking out four or five years ahead. You look at the Mahomes deal that was signed, but it was still delayed by a year or two until the end of that fifth year of the rookie year before it kicks in. That's what you can have with Joe. You can do an extension, but you don't have a kick in till after the uh, after his fifth year. So you buy a little bit more time, but you can't. You know what? It, it, you got to pay him. You got to pay him and then you got to work around it. You can't sit there and expect a guy and everybody will look at Brady and say, Brady was never the highest paid. Everybody will say, oh, he did what he should for the team. And I get it. If you're so inclined to say, I'll take less so we can have more collectively, more power to you. But if you also say, I want my market value, I can't blame you either. That's then on the team to figure out what they need to do. Because it's not like we haven't had teams right at the top of the salary cap with expensive quarterbacks winning Super Bowls or winning. That's happened as well. It gets harder. There's no doubt about it. But that's where it falls more on the team. And boy, oh boy, the union, they sure, sure as hell don't want these quarterbacks to take less. Remember when they stepped in in baseball on the uh, the Rodriguez uh, uh, situation when he was going to take less to play somewhere else? And they're like, no, don't do that. You know, you're doing this for the next contract and the next contract of, of other people. Uh, so Alex Rodriguez didn't, you know. So you have to, unless that's what you want to do and it's your right to do it, I don't blame these guys at all all for saying, hey, give me my market value. Boy, Mike, when you and I, we, all of a sudden a union rep would come in and tell us, hey, your contract is up. They would tell us with the contracts and the money. Remember, they used to give us all those lists. Yeah. And you're sitting there when you're talking with your agent. Don't take any less money. We used to always get pressure um, from the union to make sure that we never took pay cuts. How do you see that game? Um, the AFC title game, Mike, do you see Cincinnati going back to the Super Bowl again for a second year? I actually do. I mean, they did such a great job last week with three backup old linemen, shorter passes, get the ball out to the to the players, let them get yards after the catch on a on a crappy field. They're hitting it. They're hitting the high notes just like they did last year going into the playoffs. We don't know what to expect out of Mahomes. I expect him to play, but there's no way. You and I both know there's no way he can be 100% and do what he normally does in running around a little bit, even as much as they're trying to do to him this week. And, and the high ankle sprain had to be more on the mild side. There's no way you're going back in the game if you have a bad high ankle sprain. You're out three to four weeks uh, on that one. So he'll play, but he'll be hobbled. I just think they're, I just think they're hitting their highs right now, are the Bengals. The, the question will be, can they make Mahomes move around on that bad ankle? 
Cincinnati only had like 33 sacks in the regular season. They, they need to find a way to get some pressure on Pat. Final question for you. Um, is it time, in your opinion, for Dallas to move off of Dak? And I, and I got what you said a couple minutes ago. Okay, if you want to move off of Dak, who are you replacing him with? Right. Okay, so that's got to be something to look at because, I mean, right now, Mike, if you look, they couldn't even get Brandon Cooks in the uh, trading deadline because they were so squeezed against the cap. They kind of kicked the can a little bit on OBJ. But the Cowboys are limited, Mike, on what they can and can't do. Um, do they move off of him, in your opinion? Um, do they trade him in the offseason? What do you do with Dak? So here's the thing that I don't know, Dan, is I don't know if you trade him, that's one thing. Then, then there's, but but to cut him, to get rid of him, I don't know no. what your dead I don't, your dead money situation would have to be horrific. horrific. So it wouldn't be doing you any good. Trade him, then who's trading for him for that amount of money? Because there are quarterbacks out there you could kind of look at and say, I want to trade for, you know. Or Houston, you, Mike. Trade to Houston, get their assets they got from Cleveland. Right. Where you could build some more equity up in your draft capital. And but, you'd have your salary cap wouldn't take a beating because you'd be on rookie deals. That's something that I would but, think about. But who are you getting a quarterback? Agreed. Who, who are you got? Because you still have to trade for Derek Carr, right? His deal is yeah. not up. You got to trade for Aaron Rodgers. So if you want that, I'm just throwing names out there because the one thing they're not going to do is then, you know, sign a rookie and let's start over with a rookie when they're when they're supposedly ready to, ready to ready to win right now. So I, I don't know where they go. That's the biggest question to me. If you're going to give up on it, they were saying that. I said this when I was doing my shows at ESPN when they were talking about dumping Romo for years. I'm like, okay, who are you getting? You can't just say get rid of him. You got to tell me who are you replacing him with if you're a playoff team so you don't drop down and, and can go up. The whole idea in the offseason is to improve. So tell me how you're going to do it how much money it's going to cost you, what assets it's going to cost you, and overall, are you going to be better in bringing in this quarterback to help you get where you want to go? Mike, I want to sneak one more in on you if I can, please. Sure. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm listening to Sean Payton talk like he's going to be picking his spot wherever he wants to coach. Well, Mickey Loomis and the Saints own his rights for the next two years. And to me, they're going to want a John Gruden deal, Mike where you're going to have to have some sort of compensation dealt with them because yeah. let's look at what happened this last offseason. The Saints lost their 10th pick to the Eagles, and the 10th pick is in uh, Philadelphia right now. They don't have a first-round pick, so they're just not going to let Sean go and pick and go to Denver if he wants. They have no assets. They gave him all to Seattle to get Russell Wilson in there. Houston, he may get that job with the McNair because there's a lot of draft assets. But this is not as easy as this thing's going to be played. Do you see like a John Gruden deal that could be like two ones and a two? I think the Raiders got for John from the Buccaneers. Could you see something like that? I think it'll be at least one one. I don't know if it'll be two ones, but it'll at least be one one first rounder. And I'm with you. If the Saints don't like the deal, they have no obligation to Sean Payton to, to say, oh, we're just going to be good guys and let you, you know, go do your thing. Uh, they'll say, hey, go work at, you know, where, where's he at? Fox, go work at Fox for another year and and we'll revisit it if some team wants to give up a little more. If not, then he's got to wait the two years until his deal would be up. But yeah, I, that's a, this is business, man. You can have a great relationship with somebody, but this is business. 
You better get something for it to show your fan base and something that's going to help your team out the most. He is a big-time asset that should be able to bring you in some big-time assets before he gets his 15 mil a year from whatever team he's going to sign with. But I'm with you. I'm like, all right, Sean, great. We have no problem, you know, letting you go do this and talk to them or whatever. But there's going to be a big price tag for for us that we need to get back for you. And, you know, the first person that should understand that is Sean Payton. <laughs> Absolutely. Mike, tell people where they can uh, watch you and, and listen to you. Um, you're so great. Everyone in Philadelphia loves you, man. I mean, to this day, you're one of the most revered people in that city. They love you and all your work that you've done. You've always made time for that community too. Tell them where they can watch you. Well, I'm, I'm doing, you know, podcasts for DraftKings with Jess Matana and I do stuff with, uh, you know, with Stu Gotts over at Metal Arc as well. And my son, Mike, does a, does shows with DraftKings and we do some shows together. And And I've been calling games all year for the national radio uh, for the NFL and Westwood One. And I'm actually going to be working the Super Bowl uh, here in Arizona. I did that last year as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Other than that, just coming on shows like yours and just love talking, love talking sports. I, I enjoy it a lot. My daughter goes to GCU. She's the captain of the rugby team there. Really? And I'm there. Oh, God. She, Mike, did she just play BYU? They got beat. They're the national champs. My daughter's on the number two ranked team. So, wow. We're always, we're always in Phoenix. Maybe we should catch a beer there, man. Cause she, she, her, her rugby team, they play, I think they're playing Arizona State this weekend. And then the weekend after that, they play Arizona. But my daughter goes to GCU there, man. She absolutely loves it. Let me tell you, I mean, that sport too, rugby, those are some of the athletes in the world that look down on us. What do you mean you guys need pads and a helmet? We don't need any of that. My daughter's like, like this. You no. wore a you wore a helmet? Yeah. Yeah, I you, wore a helmet. You know, you know, they should all say to us, why don't we learn how to tackle like them? That's what we all need to be doing. <laughs> My daughter, she goes like this, Mike. She goes, Did you roll your helmet up and put it in your back pocket? Because you look that old. <laughs> Mike, thanks a lot. <laughs> you got it, yeah. Let's Thank you, it, Mike. You got it. You got it. Mike Gullick, man, I appreciate that. That's really awesome stuff for him stepping in with us. Just a legendary broadcaster, too. Love getting him on. Awesome stuff. Sills finally got about the – dude, so wait a minute. You want me to scream at guests? Is that what you guys think that this is? How do you think I build relationships up? screaming at people oh wait a minute that's just uneducated people like some of you Sills should have Gullick on here more often he's been on like five times he's been on five times he's a friend want me to scream at my friends hey man how come you talk to him nice well he's knowledgeable that's why I talk to Mike Golick nice. I talk to Mike Golick nice because he's knowledgeable. Unlike some of you. The second most knowledgeable person that's here right now on the National Football Show is Tone. <laughs> More Mike Golick, please. Less silly <laughs> yeah. Hey, he wants to play, he wants to pay Jalen. Damn. I'm praying. I'm. I'm playing. Uh, I'm gonna pay Brock Purdy. I can't even say it with a straight face. This got nothing to do with integrity. I just can't lie like that. <laughs> hey, hey, Tone, watch this. Hey, man, I got Brock Purdy over Jalen. 
on Sunday. Man, I can't do that, man. I, I can't lie. <laughs> hey, Niner guys, I know you guys are in here, man. I can't do that, man. It's, it, it, it's not real. That's, I, there's not a chance I could do that. I even, I even tried going with the 2-0. and Allen will be a 50 million interception machine. Allen is a stud. Hey, you're, Mike Gullick doesn't think that Jalen Hurts is a top five quarterback. I've been telling you that all year. How you doing? Well, wait, wait a minute. Mike just said the same thing I did. I just say it harsher. Right to the point. Sills has got a little bit more of a pungent punch instead of some others. Jalen's not a top five quarterback. He admits it too. But I'm, I'm the monster guy. Okay. <laughs> Jalen ain't no top five guy. Paying a guy 50 million bucks. Good luck to you, man. No. <laughs> hey, Craig, you go ahead and pay your dual threat. It's all good, man. Technically, Purdy had a better postseason so far. Jalen is that is in that six to eight range for me. That's what Mike said. Didn't he say that? I think that's what Mike said. That he's in the six to eight range. Let me think. Let me think. Burrow one. No, Mahomes one. Burrow two. Allen three. Herbert four. Who would be the fifth? Who would be the fifth quarterback if it's not Hurts? It ain't Dak. No way fifth. No way would Dak be the fifth. Who would be the fifth? Let's see here. The legendary, the legendary arms. The... The arms race in the NFL. Hang on. Mahomes? Burrow? Allen? Herbert? Who would be fifth? Trevor Lawrence? Who would be sixth? Derek Carr? He just got fired. Who would be sixth? Oh, okay. Rodgers. Seven. Is Jalen better than Kyler Murray? Trevor Lawrence has got the same playoff record as Jalen Hurts does. One and one. How you doing? Who's number seven? Is Hurts better than Stafford? Stafford's got a Super Bowl. Stafford's better than Hurts. Matthew Stafford's better than Hurts. I guess Stafford. Brady's got to be there at eight. 
Hurts nine, or or Brady seven, and Brady seven and Hurts eight. How about that one, Tone? How about that one? Brady seven and Hurts eight. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Lawrence, Rogers, Brady, Hurts. Yeah, sounds right. How you doing? Yeah. Sounds about right. Josh and Pat will be on the couch and Hurts win. Hurts. It is 154 yards throwing. Got Lamar Jackson too. Deshaun Watson. You got to wait for Deshaun to get back in the rhythm though, man. Okay? Hurts success. No 4,000-yard passer. What'd I tell you? He would never do it. All right. Hour three. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask. 
including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game. Now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Pull up a chair, man. Look, why do you? some of you get so upset with Big Sills? Because it's truth, justice, and the National Football Show? Is that why you get bent? How come? You know, it's funny when Xander's, Xander's right. When I say the same thing as someone else says, you get a little huffy with me. Okay, you guys, you guys get a little huffy with me. You know, West Philly goes, hey, can you guys do me a favor? Can you tell me what a troll is? I have no idea, honest to God, on my daughter. Okay, and we break balls back. Neil, very Philly. That's a very Philly comment. That's a very Philly comment. What's a troll? Can you tell me, please? What What is it? I've never asked it. I'm afraid to ask my daughter because she'll totally take a crap on me if I ask her. She'll say I'm out of touch and everything else. Um, t- troll lives under a bridge. Okay. Now, I remember that. That was like some sort of like, what's a troll? Everyone, wait, Tone, Tone's coming to the rescue here. An internet troll or online bull... I'm a bully? Deliberately tries to offend. (laughs) Cause trouble or directly attack people by posting derogatory comments on Facebook posts, blogs under YouTube, videos or forums, and other social media such as Twitter and Instagram. Wait a second here. I got to read this again because it does sound like me. Hold on for a minute. On the internet troll or online bully. I'm not a bully. But I don't deliberately try to do anything. You guys think, what do you think I do? I'm laying in bed going, hey, you think this upsets people? Hey, you think this upsets? I don't, that's not what I do. I'm not that smart. You, you, you're giving me way more credit for being like a strategist. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a reactor. I don't I don't sit around going, "Hey, I think this is the one that's going to do it the most." You see, unlike this definition, in my opinion, truth most people can't take. That's why you like to be lied to. More people on the planet like to be lied to because it's the easiest way out of any kind of situation. So you'd rather be lied to. 
Just watch the news. You'll buy anything. Remember something. When you don't believe in something, you'll fall for everything. And that's what most Americans do. You guys fall for everything. People like me, I don't. I have one way of thinking, right or wrong. You should hear my daughter kick my ass. It's a daily basis. An internet troll or online bully. I'm not a bully. I've never been. I beat up bullies. I Honestly, I would beat a bully up back in the day. I, knew, I never beat. I never bullied anybody in my life. That's a fact. I defend the elderly, kittens, animals, um, people. I've never been a bully in my life, except on a football field. Now we got a different conversation or in a bar. How you doing? <laughs> deliberately tries to offend. I don't deliberately, but my daughter says I'm one of the most offensive people she's ever known. Okay. Cause trouble. Okay. That's been a problem in my life. Directly attack people by posting derogatory comments. Okay, I'm going to admit I do do that. <laughs> Facebook posts, blogs under YouTube, and videos. I don't know if I'm trying to like, ins 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 hey, I'll tell you this. Here, I'll give you, I'll give you, um, hold on for a second here. Hold on. I'm going to give you guys one of the greatest things I could possibly do. Okay. Do you guys know who Rick Riley is? Do you guys know who Rick Riley is? I'm going to try to find this. Hold on. Rick Riley. Cilio. Do you guys know who Rick Riley is? <laughs> I found it. Okay. Any of you guys ever heard of Rick Riley, the Sports Illustrated writer? Okay. Have you ever heard of him? A legendary, writes books. He's a... Um, He's a legendary guy. Okay. This is what they wrote about me. December 22nd, 1986. Okay. December 22nd, 1986. Next best thing to the boss, defensive tackle Dan Cilio can both knock and talk you. Cilio, I've never liked Penn State in high school. I still don't. They're so condescending. I was all everything in high school. They came and looked at me, and they wanted me to play linebacker. I wanted to play defensive tackle. I had a 2.4 grade point average, and all those guys at Penn State have 4.0s. They said, son, I don't think you have enough and plus, you get into too much trouble, you'd have to go to junior college. I said this, go fuck yourself. I'm not interested in Penn State anyway. If we get ahead, we'll blow this team out by 10 points. And this is what he wrote. Miami, minus one for quotability, minus two for inciting a riot. <laughs> Cilio starts riots. Is that a troll? Big Sills, next best thing to the Boz, who can both talk you and knock you. Minus, hey, plus one for quotability, minus two for inciting a riot. Been, I've been this guy since my whole life. 
Would you think because you're here, I'm anybody different? I've been this obnoxious. My aunt and my wife are some of the most salt of the earth people. They hate it. I don't know how my wife married me. I have no idea. She's smoking hot too. It's crazy. And she hates braggers. So I kind of keep it under wraps. It's the only place I, I can I can actually brag now. I can't brag anywhere else. Okay. Cilio got buried on the depth chart at linebacker at yeah, right. Oh, yeah, okay. That's why Joe Paterno said I was the best defensive player he's ever seen next to Jerome. But him, me and Jerome were um Matt Millen and Bruce Clark. Would you like me to pull that quote up and post it on my Twitter? He said that Jerome Brown and myself were better than Bruce Clark and Matt Millen, his two DTs at Penn State. Would you like me to post that? I will. Dan Cilio Show. And you're welcome. How you doing? <laughs> All right. Let's rank the coaches who are left in the playoffs. Let's go from one down. Let's go from one down. By the way, Jalen Hurts will finish third in the MVP voting from what I'm being told. Behind Burrow and Mahomes. So, it's all good, your boy. Top three, he gets paid for that. Um, Final four co coaches in the playoffs. You ready? Number one, Andy Reid. Look at this guy, man. Andy Reid. Now going for another Super Bowl in his fifth straight conference championship in Kansas City. Number two, Kyle Shanahan. His third NFC championship game in four years. How you doing? Number three, Zach Taylor, five and one in the last two years in the playoffs. Won an AFC championship, is now in his second straight AFC championship game. I'm going by resumes. And bringing up the rear. Nick Sirianni, Mr. High School, one and one, Eagles in his first conference championship game. Congratulations, Nicodemo. Way to go. You've now made it to an NFC title game. Every one of the guys ahead of you have made it to two or more. How you doing? Oh, wait a minute. I got to use a word that my boy Tone loves to drop on me. Technically, <laughs> I can't argue with your metric. The, the resumes are better. Oh, no. And Tone hates that. Nick's got the least resume on here with the other three coaches. He was, Zach Taylor now is in two straight conference titles, and he's won one. And he's 5-1 and one in the postseason. Zach. Taylor, I thought he was the president of the United States. Seriously, I thought he was the president. Zachary Taylor, wasn't he a president or something? 
what he, what's your point? Here's the four rankings of the remaining coaches in the playoffs. Nick's fourth. Andy Reid, one. Kyle Shanahan, two. Zach Taylor, three. Nicodemo Sirianni, four. Maybe little Nicky will improve that. Get to two and one, get then get to three and one by winning a Super Bowl, and he could be in that conversation with the rest of them dudes. Right now, he's got he's got the same resume as let me see. Let me think. Rex Ryan. <laughs> Rex Ryan. Rex, I think, went to a couple conference championship games with the Jets. I think Rex went to two with Mark Sanchez as his quarterback. Okay. Yes, sir. Nicodemo, the fourth best coach resume-wise. Damn. Let's rank the four teams that are remaining in the playoffs. I think you're going to be shocked here. Let me think about it. Hang on. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to hear number four. You're going to be shocked. What, what team do you think I have in the four hole ranking the final four teams heading into conference championship weekend? Who do you think I have four? Who do you think I have four? You're right, Ray. You're you're right, Joshua. You're right. I got the Chiefs. Injury. I don't think the running game's that hot. I got the Chiefs with Mahomes at four. Does that sound right? I can't believe that. I got the Chiefs four. I'm going to get asked this question on a station in Los Angeles. I'm doing a, a hit on an L.A. station, ESPN station. Kansas City's fourth? Man. Okay. I guess Mahomes' injury, but I would I may have put them fourth anyway. Who do you think I have three? Who do you think I have three? Who have I put three? The final ranking, the final four teams heading in the conference championship. GQ, 
Sade. I got the 49ers. Joshua, you're right. I got the 49ers four. I got the Niners here. I got the Niners here. I got Chiefs four, Niners three. I think it's because the quarterback. And I thought Dallas had that game. Who do you think I have number two? Who do I have number two? Richie, I got the Eagles. I got the Eagles at two. I got the Eagles at two. However, the reason I paused, Eagles, Bengals, Bengals went into Buffalo, beat the living piss out of Buffalo. A 14-3 and team. You beat up the nobody Giants. They beat up a 14-3 and Bills team. Um, But boy, is that razor thin. If somebody goes Eagles one sales, Bengals two, I'd be like, I think that's your Super Bowl. Okay? I think I think that's your Super Bowl, Bengals and Eagles. How about the what Joe Burrow just told all those people too? Hey, how about all you guys? How about all you guys uh, that bought all those tickets in Atlanta for the AFC championship game? You might want to get your refund. Andrew, that's funny. Breaking news, ESPN still has Dallas number one in their power rankings. That's hilarious. No, no, yeah. Look look at S. Blunt. They won against the Dolphins, donkey. They're 14-3. and Holy cow. They're 14-3 and this year. What you don't you you don't you don't count the win against the Dolphins? They're fourteen and three. Actually, fourteen and four. Excuse me, fourteen and four. No, they they canceled what the Dolphin game? I must have missed that one. They canceled the Dolphin game. They're fourteen and four. Donkey, they lost to the Bengals, beat the Dolphins. They're 14 and four. Oh my God almighty. So I got Chiefs, 49ers, Eagles, Bengals. How you doing? Oh, we got another list here coming up. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a fun one. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hate that. I love Joe Burrow. <laughs> Look at T. Dude, he's great. He's a great player. 
Um, that's who I have ranked. Um, Niner. Dude, I, I love what Purdy, I love what Purdy's doing. Okay. I love what Purdy's doing, but he's in the NFC title game now in Philly. It's a whole different world here, man. Okay. This is a whole different world. So yeah, I just, um, I, I want to see him do it. Remember what I told you about Daniel Jones? I want to see this guy do this. Um, I, I want to see him do this against the um, uh, the Eagles. If he does this against the Eagles in some Super Bowl, and then he really is Nicodemo Foles, little Nicky Foles, is now in San Francisco. Purdy's a pipe dream. He's got a better playoff record than your boy Jalen. How could it be a pipe dream? He's 2-0. Jalen's 1-1 with a shit turd game. Ray, what are you talking about? He's six, he's averaging 275 yards a game in the playoffs. He's got three touchdowns and no picks. And you're saying that Purdy hasn't played well? Your guy threw for $116 or something. What was it? Buck 54? <laughs> Buck 54. Oh. Prolific. <laughs> Prolific. <laughs> what what look at look at look at nasty. Says it's a garbage take that Brock Purdy's 2 and 0, averaging 275 yards a game. He's got three touchdowns and he's got a better postseason record than Jalen. And he thinks it's a garbage take. Why? Cuz it's true. See, I told you. See this guy right here? That's a guy that doesn't like the truth being told to him. He'd rather live in his own fantasy world. That Jalen is some sort of like postseason demon, and he's not. He's not a postseason anything yet. That was a really great performance against the Giants. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. See, look at what he says here. So you actually think that Purdy is better than Hurts? Did I say that? I said he had a better postseason record. You're the one that has changed the narrative. I said that Brock Purdy has a better postseason resume than Jalen Hurts. And you took it that I think that Jalen Hurts is not as good or Purdy's better. That's a you thing, dude. That's something that you need to work on, not me. Look at Luke. Luke, goes, Luke says this. This sounds stupid. Brock Purdy's 2-0. He beat uh, Pete Carroll, Geno Smith, who was an MVP candidate this year. And they just beat the Cowboys, who Jalen has never beaten when Dak's been the quarterback. That's a what take? What what un, What's untruth about it? What's the non-truth about that? What's the non-truth? What uh, what is what is not true about that? You're blaming Jalen for locking up home field. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot you played the JV Giants at the end of the year. You're lucky. Okay, Dak. Was he eight and three versus the Eagles? Jalen's never beaten him. That'd be something for next year for him to try to go after. 
Uh, Dak and Hurts only played against each other once. Oh. <laughs> he's eight and three against the Eagles. I think maybe somebody told me he's eight and one. Silio, the Niners are down 17. Do you bring Jimmy G in? No. Okay, no. Dude, wait a minute. Brock Purdy, 2 and 0. Jalen Hurts, 1 and 1. <whistles> Got another big moment Sunday. Check this one out. Final four tight ends. I think these four guys are going to make a lot of noise in the postseason. I think all four teams are going to try to establish. We, we not agree that the tight ends in these two games are going to are going to be significant. They're going to be significant in how they push how they push the needle, right? Do we not look at it this way? Here are the four. I got to tell you, and I won't lie to you, okay? I, I, I have not heard this much about this guy. Okay, I haven't. Hang on for a second here. I got to do this. I think. Okay. Um, I had a look. Tell me the Cincinnati tight end. How good is he? Hayden Hurst. Is he good? I see a lot of him out there. Hayden Hurst. How good is this kid? I got him fourth. Okay, I got him fourth on this list. I see... I see them... I see them going to him a lot. But I don't really think he's like the main focal point. They go to Mixon a lot with backs out of the backfield, and then they try to get to T. Higgins on those turnaround uh, passes, and they try to get to Jamar Chase over the top. Okay? Um, I think he's a pretty good ball player because I see them go to him. But you know what? If I had to put it in the whole scheme of things, he's kind of like their fourth dude in this whole thing, right? He's kind of like the fourth dude. Um, now we start to get to the top three. Who do you have? Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, or George Kittle? These three guys and the guy in Baltimore are the four best tight ends in the NFL. I'm trying to think if there's another one. I don't, I think everybody kisses that cowboy guy's ass. I don't think he's in that room. I do not. I think the guy in Baltimore is good. Okay? He's good. That Dallas Cowboy guy. The Dolphin guy's pretty decent too. Okay? But come on, man. Come on. Okay? Yeah, I know, right? Hey, Andrew, you imagine having Aiden Hurst and Jalen Hurst on the team, man? Man, I don't know, man. Merrill, even the legendary Merrill may have a tough one getting there. <laughs> yeah. Right? 
Notice three of the final four teams in the playoffs have all top five. That's why I put this list, Tone. You want to you win big? Get a young quarterback and a fabulous tight end. There is no question. Look at this. Three of the, like Tone said, three of the top five tight ends in the NFL are in the conference title games. Where's Justin Jefferson? Where's Devontae Adams? Where are those guys? Where's DeAndre Hopkins? Okay, where are those dudes? Where's Stefan Diggs? Where? Where's where, where's where's the two dudes in Miami? Right? Where's that? Where are those guys? Where's Tyreek Hill? Where's Jalen Waddle? What? Where are those dudes? Um. George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, Travis Kelsey. Who would you want to build your team around and have which one of these tight ends would you want for your quarterback in your huddle? Man. Kittle, Goddard, or Kelsey. These are great. Not good. Dude, every one of these guys could be Hall of Fame talent. Every one of these guys, I think you need a great tight end today's NFL. I think Gronk changed and Brady changed the way you look at the tight end position. You know, you could go back and you can look at Antonio Gates and you can look at Tony Gonzalez. I never thought shit of Jason Witten. Okay. Empty calorie numbers. I don't remember Jason Witten doing shit in the NFL when it came to big games. Gronk won enormous games. Kelsey's won enormous games. I mean, Kittle has been a significant part on getting to all these conference championship games for the Niners. Goddard is a game changer. He's Zach Ertz, in my opinion, man, he had really good hands. He was terrible after the catch. Terrible. I'll take that back. He was average. I thought you could arm tackle him. Man, you ain't arm tackling Dallas Goddard. He's a better ball player. Howie was right to move off him. He Howie was right. He was right, man. Remember, everybody kept going, well, if you're trying to build a big offense around your young quarterback, why would you get rid of Zach Ertz? He still wants to play. He's got some gas in the tank. Cardinals traded for him, and you're like this. Why would he do that? Hertz is revered because he knew this guy was better, and he's right. He ended up being right on this. Um, no, no freaking way is Zach Ertz better than Dallas Goddard. I'd rather have Goddard all night. Better blocker, tougher, looks for the end zone. Dude, Zach Ertz looks for a blade of grass on the ground after every catch. Goddard looks for the end zone. That guy is hungry for the end zone. Okay? He's looking to score every time he touches the ball. So I would say this. I put George Kittle third. Goddard two. Kelsey won. 
all close. See, I look at Travis Kelsey, and he reminds me of a Jason Witten. But he's got Andy Reid. See, in Dallas, Jason Witten didn't have any coaches except for Parcells. And the rest of them guys, Dave Campos of the world and, you know, Chan Gailey's and all them dudes, right? I mean, never really had really any significant coaching. Um, Travis Kelsey has the benefit, just like Gronk did, of having Brady and Belichick. And also, like, you know, Bill O'Brien and some of the other great coordinators up there that they've had in New England. So that's an advantage that Gronk had. Gronk, Gronk has never not played with Brady. There's something to that. This guy's got four Super Bowl rings for a reason. He's played with Tom Brady. I mean, I mean, over half of Brady's rings, Gronk was on the field. Um, I think Dallas Goddard, though, if you're talking the most complete tight end, I would rank them this way. The most complete, I would say Goddard, Kittle, and Kelsey. Then Hurts from the Bengals. I don't think Kelsey's a very good blocker. I think he's okay down the field, but not at the point of attack on the line of scrimmage. Goddard and Kittle knock people out, put people on their back. They're like another lineman, but then they get out and block and release. They're spectacular in open space. That's so difficult to defend. I'll make this point to you. Niner guys, George Kittle's the greatest tight end in the history of the San Francisco 49er um, franchise. He's the greatest. I mean, he's better than Brent Jones. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that they've had in there. I don't really look at Dwight Clark as a tight end. He was more of a flanker. Um, but he, George Kittle's the best tight end in the history of the San Francisco 49er organization. Um, yeah. Goddard, the, the Eagles are a, are a tight end franchise. They've never really been a wide receiver till this year uh, franchise. They still to this day don't have a guy with 100 catches in a history of the program that played wide out. Um, so it's not really a wide receiver team. They've never really had 100 catch guys. They still don't. Okay? They still don't. Um, the closest to 100 has been uh, Devontae, believe it or not. I think Devontae ended up with 92, eight away. He may get there one day. But the Eagles have never had a 100-catch wide receiver in the history of the program. They're more tight ends. Their tight ends have hit the century mark. They've had some really good ones. He had 95, okay, five away. That's really good. Really close, too. But the Eagles – because the Eagles believe in pounding the ball plus great tight ends. Man, I, I don't ever – like, since 2000, shit, man, you go back to Harold Carmichael. I mean, really, they've had that position down with that tight end spot for, like, ever. They've always had a solid guy there, solid to exceptional at that position there, always has. Irvin Fryer was a really good ball player, never had 100 catches. Never had a hundred. Um, yeah, Vernon Davis was a good player. He he um went to Maryland. He was pretty good, but he's not he's not George Kittle. He's not George Kittle. Okay. George Kittle's better. Vernon Davis was a good ball player. 
really good ball player. I, I knew Vernon from uh, he's I think he, if I'm not mistaken I think he's a he's a Maryland Terrapin. Um, let's see. Chauncey Gardner Johnson will shut down who Debo. I can't wait to see that. How many people think? I'll tell you where I'm going to have my popcorn and beer. And I'm going to somehow get my TV focused in on Nick Boza versus Lane Johnson. I'm going to have beer and popcorn, and I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to watch that. Let's see who wins that. Boza, the defensive player of the year, or Lane Johnson? Who wins? This is this is like WWE, the Rumble. This is like a this is this is like this is like Summerfest or Slamfest. Holy cow! Nick Boza versus Lane Johnson, round one. Woo, dude! We're gonna see this a couple times. We're gonna see this a couple times. Okay. Oh, man, he better – hey, this ain't one of those stupid-ass defensive ends the New York Giants put on him. It's going to be the dude. He's the dude. Can you imagine if, hey, Nick beats his ass or if Lane beats his ass? This is like Randy White versus John Hanna back in the day. There was a Monday night ball game, okay? There was a Monday night ball game, and Randy White was considered the best defensive tackle maybe in NFL history, and John Hanna beat him for 60 minutes. Beat him up and down the field. Destroyed him. It was a legendary Monday night game. Okay? Legendary. I see that rookie, Tyler Smith, for the Cowboys, did a pretty good job on Boza. You think Lang locks him up? It'll be tough for sure. That's tone. I think they did a lot of rolling away from him too, though. I think they need to move Boza more around on that line. That's what I would do. By the way, they're going to line him up over Lane. Why would you take your best defensive player, put him on? See, to me, I hate that philosophy. I'm going to take my best defensive lineman and put him on your worst. Not your best. Why would I do that? What am I trying to do? What do you think this is? The battle of like, you, 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 I'm going to put my man mono, mono versus, I don't subscribe to that. I want to find your weakest link and I'm going to line that guy up over him and I'm going to beat that doorknobs off you. That's what Buddy Ryan did. Buddy Ryan used to put um, Richard Dent and move him up and down the line of scrimmage in that 46. And shit, they move Reggie around. They used to move Reggie around in that defense in Philadelphia. They put him on the DT over the nose, over a tackle, over a tight end. They used to move Reggie all over the joint. They put Reggie most of the time on some of the biggest stiffs going. Reggie White versus a stiff. Why would I put him on Eric Williams? Well, it's mono versus they screw that stuff, man. That's for the movies. Eagles are going to have a field day. Yeah, because you've played so many tough teams this year. Uh, you're right. 
so many tough teams. Malata. Malata's had a rough year this year. Rough. Consider Boza a non-factor. The defensive player of the year. All right. Y'all sound like Cowboys. We want Dallas. 49ers secondary is suspect. Yes, Dank. Yes. Okay, yes. I agree. Except for the safety. Oh, my God. So they're going to go out and get DeAndre Hopkins for Lamar Jackson because of what they saw in Philly with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Tone just said it's either New England or why would I go to New England? I have no shot of winning with Mac Jones. I have no shot if I'm DeAndre Hopkins. Baltimore's a better franchise and a better organization. Ozzie Newsom's in the room. I'm going to Baltimore, but Lamar has to stay. Wow. That's Philly influence. Look at what the Eagles just did. The Eagles have put it out there. You want your quarterback to succeed? A dual threat guy? Get him a wide out. DeAndre Hopkins is a bitch. I totally love this guy. He's one of my favorite. Dude, every time he catches a pass, it's first down. He never is under the sticks. He's when healthy. He's such a good ball player. Dan, how do the Eagles stop Warner? 85, great question. Dallas Goddard. 85, I want Fred Warner on Dallas Goddard. I want him on him. I want to see Fred Warner defend him. I don't know if he can. Sacadelphia Eagles over Purdy book it. I want to see Fred Warner. 85, I want to see, I want to see Fred Warner cover Dallas Goddard. Okay. Apparently, Saquon Barkley is looking for a Christian McCaffrey contract after declining the Giants' twelve million per year offer. He wants sixteen a year. McCaffrey makes twenty. Um, sixteen. Shit, man. The franchise tag for running backs is fourteen. He wants over market value. I'm the Giants. I pass on that. Let them go somewhere else. I'll put that money in a wideout before I put it in a running back. Okay? Or my old line. What's the sense of ha- – well, hey, guys, watch this with Saquon Barkley. What's the sense of having a $16 million running back when you got a $2 offensive line? What's the point? You Look at what Philly has. Philly has a $2.5 million running back in Miles Sanders. And all their money's in their old line. $9 million at the center. $16 million at the left tackle. $18 million at the right tackle. $5 million at the right guard. And $2.5 million because he's still on a rookie deal in the left guard position. Why would, in a million years, would I turn it around and give Saquon Barkley $16 million 
when I have I have an offensive line that I still have to revamp. Why would I do that? I'd let that guy's ass walk. I'd put the money in the O-line and in the wideouts. I'm not putting the money in a running back that I can't block for. So get this. The Giants will be in a playoff game against the Eagles again next year, and they'll shut them down and kill them because they can't throw to anybody, and their offensive line sucks. Why do you want to be in that perpetual wheel? That hamster wheel goes nowhere. It makes no sense. I'm not paying Saquon Barkley $16 million. Let him go. No chance. I'll draft another guy. Take that money, put it in my old line. Build it up and build my equity. I'll trade him for a couple uh, second and third round draft choices. You think you get a one for him? Nobody gives up ones for running backs in a trade. Since what? Since when? Where are you getting these ones? Raiders aren't going to get a one for Josh Jacobs. You're not going to get a one for Derrick Henry. All the miles on him. Remember something about running backs. It's not about age. It's about carries. And plus the guy's been injured. I'm not giving a running back who's been hurt and got some miles on him. Running backs, it's again, it's not about age. It's all about carries. All right. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. 
go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. I just watched the uh, clip from Chris Sims saying that he would take Daniel Jones as a passer over Jalen Hurts. And I won't lie. I, I, I even laughed. <laughs> I, um, yeah. I mean, what's, what's, hey, what's next? Well, I'm going to take Jalen over Daniel Jones because he's a better kicker. I mean, <laughs> 49ers DE, Charles Omenahue has been arrested ahead of the NFC title game on the suspicion of domestic violence. He is Nick Boza's rationale guy. I think he's second in sacks also on that Niner D-line. Could it be a deal? Yeah. Depth? Yeah, sure. Dude, maniac. I watched it and I went, come on, man. So he throws the ball further or I don't know. I mean, really? Wait a minute. Daniel. So what Daniel Jones might throw a better football because he was coached by a better coach and David Cutcliffe. Okay. At Duke. So here, here, a tone. Technically, probably, but man, they're the two, they're the same guy, but Hertz is better. He's a dual threat RPO guy. Seriously. Are you really telling me that you're going to nitpick that and go, well, Daniel Jones is better than Hertz throwing the ball. Yeah. But when you put it all together, Hertz is superior to him and he's smarter. And he protects the football better. Come on, man. Even I have to go. Hey, even I have to go BS on that one. You know me, man. I have a list for everything. I'll cut anything up, but not, man. Jalen Hurts is better at, hey, he's better at Tonk than what Daniel Jones is. 
or or gin rummy i don't know i mean <laughs> you're just looking for shit man come on man okay but he's not he's not a top 5 quarterback mike gullick said that come on man he ain't no top 5 that's for damn sure jalen hurts a top 5 quarterback Dude, remember something. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl, and so did Trent Dilfer. You don't have to be top five to win one of these things. You got to have a top five roster to win one, especially when your guy's not top five. Your guy's not a top five quarterback. It's a fact. Yeah, but he does this and that. I, I know, I know. He's, he's good. Who would you put over him? I already did. Hey, go back and rewind the tape. Mike Gullick has him at seven or eight. That wasn't me. He's not Trent Delfer. No, Trent can't run. Trent won a Super Bowl, though. Wake me up when Jalen does. Wake me up when Jalen's got a game over 500 in the playoffs. Wait, Purdy does. Can I go there? No, I can't even... Dank, he said it. Go back and watch the Mike. Mike has him at around seven or eight. You must have missed it when he said it. I didn't say it. Seven or eight. <laughs> All right, Sills, your last comment was pure hate. I don't hate anybody, man. You got me wrong. I told you before, I hate Nazis. I don't hate <laughs> Jalen Hurts, man. How would I hate him? I don't know him. I'm not a, I don't know, I know I'm a hater. I'm a hater. No, I'm a realist. Joe Burrow, baby, that's a real deal. That guy, homies, the two straight conference title games. How you doing? Five and one in the postseason, conference championship. That's a quarterback right there, homie. <whistles> Terrible O line. Guy's a goat. Hey, 85. I don't I don't believe Fred Warner. I don't believe Fred Warner can cover Dallas Goddard. I don't believe he can. But that leaves this now. Okay, 85. Who covers McCaffrey out of the backfield? Kaiser White? TJ Edwards? Who covers Kittle then? You see what I mean? Do you move CJ down on him? This is probably what I would do. I would drop CJ down on McCaffrey. Okay, you know, I would drop CJ down on McCaffrey. Who co- who covers Kittle? Who covers Debo? I'd put Slay on him. No, I might put Bradbury because he's had a better year. This is going to be interesting matchups. Are they going to flip guys? Because the 49ers have... Formations where they they move guys all over the place. They're they're a formation they're a formation offense, man. They are they're they're tough cover. I can't wait, man. We're getting closer and closer to the conference championship games on Sunday. Wow. I think the NFC championship game, like Mike Golick said, I think it's for the Super Bowl. Whoever wins that game wins the Super Bowl. Okay, I do. I think the Bengals are going to go. 
but I think the winner of that NFC title game is for the Super Bowl. That's how important that game is. It's like that old Tampa game back in the game back in the day when they closed out the vet. I appreciate everybody. Xander, thank you. Tone, you are absolutely spectacular. Plus, your input always is so wanted. You're growing in this profession so fast. Kudos to you. Keep up the great work. Guys, each and every single one of you, thank you so much. Please hit the like button on the way out. Mike Golick and Merrill Reese are on with us. We thank those guys. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern. We'll see you on the flip side. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.